LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, Thursday. Oh, goodness for that. Thursday, that we never get through the week. Finally, well, we haven't actually got through the week yet. We kind of just made it up to Thursday. Anyway, so I got the car washed. And as usual, I've, I've had a friend of mine, so I'm just getting the... She said, where are you? Actually, it's one of my producers. And I said, I'm, I'm sitting in a car wash at the moment. I'm just getting the car washed. And she said, it's going to rain. She said, you know, every time you get the car washed, it rains. Blow me down last night. The heavens opened. I shouldn't be surprised. I predicted it, but at least it got the dirt off the car. And so that was yesterday. What else I do? Oh, yes, I bought plants. I finally found cheaper plants. If you remember, and it's probably a bit too early because... Uh, uh, a friend of mine said, no, you shouldn't really plant your baskets up till the end of May. Which kind of said so they go April, May, June, July, August. They should last five months in theory. So I've started buying plants. Because if you remember, I went to a local garden centre. And I looked at their fuchsias. Because I've decided this year, it's I'm going to go fuchsia crackers. OK, fuchsia crackers in all the bar. I don't really care, actually. I'm just going to have fuchsias. And so I looked at them and they were £2.29 for a a little tiny pot. And I thought, you know, that's it's too much. It's too much. £2.29. Because I work out I need 12 plants per basket. Which is which is a lot. It's a lot. It'd be cheaper to go and buy the blooming baskets at that price. So I thought, no, I'm not I'm not gonna spend £2.29. I'm I'm not mean in any way, shape or form. I'm just if I can save a bit of money. So I was talking to my friend Di in the doctor's surgery. And she said, Oh, you want to try t- um uh I think it's called, is it called Vermulins? Vermulins. I always count for Verulanium. It makes it sound like a bit more exotic. But it's Vermulins, and it's up by the airport. It's just outside of Staines. And uh, she said they're actually quite inexpensive up there. And she's quite right. It's a, it's a bucket of park, though, in that, with a car my size. So I pull in there yesterday, and, and I look round for fuchsias. I can't find fuchsias anywhere. And they're inside. They've got them inside, because it's obviously, you know, they're hardening them off. Uh, when they put them outside, but at the moment they're, they're too... They're not small. These these are quite reasonable sizes. So I bought... They were offering... They were 99p for a plant, or, if you bought more than 10, 89p. So I bought 40. They came in trays of 20, so I bought two trays of 20. And I shall probably go back there um, Saturday and go and buy some more. And then harden them off outside. Somebody said, if, if you feel we've got a bit of frost coming on, just cover them over. That'll be fine. You know, just cover them over. They should be great on that. So I bought them. So, of course, I get the bloke on the till who looks like he's remedial. He looks like he hasn't got the faintest idea. So I go, they're 89p each. Mm. And that was all he said. He didn't actually have a conversation. In fact, I don't think he was aware of having a conversation at all, Paul Salt. So he has to go outside and check on the prices. Came back inside and it was £35.60, whatever it happened to be. So I bought them, took them home, put them outside. Came out this morning, it's raining a bit, so that will give them a bit of rain. And it's, it'll probably harden them off a little bit quicker. But I'm quite pleased with them because they're sort of pale, pale cream and pinks. And there's some bright reds as well. I'm going to go back and get more. Because I've decided if I spend £70... You know, filling up the baskets, well, then it'll be worth it. The trouble is, I don't know what to put in the top of the basket. These are trailing fuchsias. So they can go around the outside of the basket. I'm not bothered about that. But what do you put in the top? Do you put bush fuchsias in? I suppose so. I can't think of of any other thing to put in the top. I don't want to spoil the look. If you're going to do fuchsia baskets, do fuchsia baskets. And I'm going to mix the earth with some of these little pellets which expand and hold the water in case we have sort of a bit of a dry summer and I can't get around to doing eight baskets at any one time. So that was yesterday and I was, I was quite pleased about that. So I got the car washed, went to get the plants 
And uh, all in all, it was great. And each day I keep getting up and I look on my wrist for my watch. And, of course, it isn't, it isn't there. It's on holiday and the jewellers at the moment in Richmond. So eventually we should get back in bed. I forgot what it looks like. I will have forgotten what it looks like. Had another chicken pie last night. Very nice indeed. Watched a nice bit of television. And um, came into work this morning and I'm reading a book called The Most Amazing Royal Places in Britain. And it's everything from the Tower of London to places you've never even heard of. It's a Reader's Digest publication, and it's obviously been culled together over the years because I've read similar books. But it's really interesting. I can sit on the train and read stuff like this till the cows come home. I absolutely love it. Came in, picked up the papers, and it's, uh, it's now the, the Maggie funeral, and it's now the fact that, you know, the Labour MPs were revolting. I thought, do you know, there's more champagne socialists on the Labour side than anywhere else. I watched them pitching up on television programmes. There they all are, oh, yeah, we're against Maggie and all this. They're pocketing and trousering the 250 quid that they get from either Sky or ITV or This Morning or Daybreak or anywhere else that they can find. Or they pitch up on the right stuff, anything like that, for their usual fees. And that's all they're doing it for. I'd love to say to Kevin Maguire, who I love dearly, I'd love to say, how much did you trouser last year, Kevin, from all your appearances on television? In excess of half a million? I think so. I think so. And they all profess, oh, yes, we're for the working classes. In the meanwhile, they're all living in half million pound and million pound plus properties. They're all doing very nicely, thank you. You won't find a poor union leader, will you? They go on lovely holidays to Barbados. Oh, yeah, we're in the interest of the workers, ain't we? Interest of the workers. They've got a woman today in the paper. She's in the, uh, in the sun. She's the teacher behind the witches' dead parties. She's a, she's a sad old soul, actually. Her name is Romany Blythe. Romany Blythe is drama teacher. She looks a bit bimbo, I'm afraid. She's 45. And uh, she set up the Facebook site, The Witch's Dead Party, urging people in cities around the world to celebrate the former Prime Minister's death. They'll be celebrating your death, actually, Romany, soon, as you'll imagine. You're as thick as they come, aren't they? I mean, you really are. A little champagne socialist. You know, here she is, all dressed up to the nines, uh, posing in a basque. I mean, it's a, it's a bit pathetic, really. You know, if I had a kid who you were teaching drama to, they'd be out your class straight away, love. Straight away. We don't want you. I mean, on Monday, she wrote, so the old bag has copped it finally. Party in the square tomorrow. How about party when your business collapses? That'll be a nice one to celebrate, won't it? These people are so dumb. And is there somebody standing outside Kelly Brook's house? Permanently, with, with a camera, because here's Kelly Brook again, and Kelly Brook is snapped on the way going to Celebrity Juice. But, I mean, she might as well have been going outside to water the plants, as far as I'm concerned. And luckily, she managed to turn round and, and show the fact that her bra was showing. Oh, that was lucky, Kelly, wasn't it? You become more tarty by the day, dear. No class to you whatsoever. She was snapped with her zip down. This is a, a professional model. Snapped with her zip down. Scrubber, come on. We know what you're doing, love. But how lucky there's a photographer outside your house every day and you come out... You know, in full makeup, but you've forgotten to do your zip. Oh, God, love. You must think we fell out of bloody coconut trees or something. Uh, what was everybody talking about today? Um, nothing very interesting, actually. Nothing very interesting. Oh, they, they've recalled all beef with horse in it. Because apparently um, this was uh, Asda's smart price corned beef. Do you know anything that's got budget, smart price, you know, or anything like that, I wouldn't touch with a barge pole. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to touch anything like that at all, I'm afraid. And there's um, another story here. This is of, um, oh, apparently hardcore porn downloaded in the Vatican. 
Hardcore porn films have been downloaded on computers of the Vatican. The filthy flicks were said to feature transsexuals and bondage. US web traffic analysts, Torrent Freak, made the shocking, shocking discovery whilst checking if anybody inside the centre of the Catholic Church had illegally downloaded musical films. It's not known who among the Vatican's 800 residents may be responsible. Many made during former Pope Benedict the 15th, 16th reign. <clears throat> A spokesman for the website said, We spotted some downloads to get pulses racing. It seems Vatican's dwellers enjoyed adult-related celluloid. I think so, too. It's nearly all men in there, isn't it? They must be fed up with playing gay. You know, eventually, you've got to go onto the transvestite sites. Although, to be honest with you, I can't really imagine what goes on on a transvestite site. And also, bondage. Bondage, I ask you, in the Vatican. Can you ever imagine? I mean, they're slightly odd, aren't they? But I suppose, you know, those security men there have got to have something to amuse their nights. Have you seen this? Bondage. Unbelievable. <laughs> they became French all of a sudden. I decided to move them. I do laugh, actually, every time I see poor old poor old Wayne Rooney. Here he is. The old wife goes out comes back with bags from cricket. He goes out with bags from, from Waitrose. And he has to go out and do the shopping all by himself because he, he's, he's got all this money, but I think she's the one who spends it because he quite clearly doesn't spend it, apart from that shredded wheat they've stuck on his head. 30,000 quid. Oh, you like that, Wayne? Looks really good on you. <laughs> Oh, that's really good, mate. Really suits you. <laughs> you know, that's what they're doing. Do you think they climb into bed and you go, don't touch the hair, Colleen, don't touch the hair, please. Um, poor old Simon Cowell's Stay Young regime made me ill. They say that he's doing all these different things. And to be honest with you, his face is looking a bit puffy at the moment. A little bit puffy. They says he has, um, I mean, half of this you can probably take with a pinch of salt. Oxygen spray and vitamin injections. The t- the, um, I've said to people before, it's great having all this stuff, but you are going to die at the end of the day. Well, not at the end of this day in particular, but there will be a day where you do die. They did one of those house things the other day. It's on BBC, and it's got a woman with blonde hair and a man, whose name I can't remember, and they pitch up and they go to auctions. They watch people buying a house, and they say, we're going to come back in a month and see whether you've done it. And they had a couple on there, a couple of guys whose wives had got friendly and they started renovating houses. And this was their second project. And then when it came back after the thing, it turned out that the younger one out of the two, the one who looked the fittest, had died whilst on a holiday. So it was left to the other one to carry on. I thought it was really sad. But obviously, as as television programmes go, they filmed it. They're not going to waste the film, so they're going to run it anyway. So he dies, he dies. But I just thought it was quite nice because they... I love seeing these makeovers of these houses. They go in there and you look at it and think, oh, my God. And then you go back a month later or six months later and you think, blimey, that is really, really good. Anyway, Simon Cowell, it says, has teeth whitening. Well, of course. Colonic irrigation. You really don't need colonic irrigation. You only ever have it once or twice. Because, and the reason you don't have it is because it takes away the action of your bowels working properly. OK, it makes it easy. So the first time people have colonic irrigation done, I know because I've spoken to them, they've gone, oh, it's amazing. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely brilliant. But they'll only have it done a couple of times because your bowels can cease to work. They don't tell you that side of it. And so before you know where you are, you're relying on all sorts of... It's dreadful. Dreadful. Only ever have it done once, if indeed that. He does 500 press-ups and three baths a day. See, I, I, I don't know. He's got time for three baths a day, so I don't believe that bit. And 500 press-ups, I don't believe that bit either. I've just bought some new face wash from Clinique, so I sat in the shower this morning. Yes, sat. And, and I put the face wash on, and I sort of left it on there. And I came out of the shower, I felt like I was glowing. And it was raining, and the car had parked up the road. And if there's something guaranteed to annoy me any time of the day, first thing in the morning, is not the time to upset me. And so she'd parked up... Yes, she had parked up the road. And, and it was raining. And I thought, I mean, surely, you know, you can see that 
You know, why would you... Do they, do they do it just to really, really annoy people? I couldn't quite work out what it was. Anyway, so I get in the car, I said, why have you parked up here? I said, I live down there. Oh, sorry, sh- you show me where. Polish. And, uh, but I don't do a Polish accent. They all sound like French. And so we turned the car around and I said, down there on the... Park there on the corner next time. You know, because if it's raining, it's ridiculous. I might have, you know, had a wooden leg or something, or no legs at all. How would you expect me to get up to the car in the pouring rain? But I've lost my bottle of water. I think I've thrown it away. I'm so cross. So cross. Quarter past four. Steve Allen with you till 6.30. 18 minutes past four. And coming up with Nick today as the police prepare to mount a huge security operation for Baroness Thatcher's funeral next week. Nick will be asking, should they be extra tough on anybody causing trouble? Plus, stay tuned for another lively edition of Call Clegg as Nick will be asking the Deputy Prime Minister his thoughts on London having a statue of the Iron Lady. Looking at the papers today, Daisy McAndrew, political journalist and broadcaster, will be live in the studio. I've got another gadget giveaway for you today, a little bit later on, and I know that uh, that Jeff Stevenson and the wife are on their way to Gatwick. In this weather, take it easy, he says, uh, Jane and our son Harvey, we're flying to Tenerife for a holiday. You must have an early flight. Are you flying budget? Are you, are you, are you, are you outside? Is it a prop job? Outside toilet? Things like that. He says, lovely to have a week not having to smile at people. I don't know. He said the wife's driving and she's loving listening to you live. So thank you very much indeed. Hope you have a nice holiday. The weather's good for you. Of course, just when it turns nice over here, you go to Tenerife. What can I say? I don't, have I been to Tenerife? I can't remember if I've been to Tenerife. I don't think I've been to Tenerife. Where did I go? Oh, I went to Lanzagrotti. Didn't like that at all. What a horrible place. Ugh, full of Brits. The one place you don't want to go to is holiday with Brits. Not only Brits, but no sand. It's all volcanic ash. I don't know about you, but sort of the world of Stromboli and Vesuvius ain't exactly appealing. But the whole middle of the island in Lanzagrotti is all volcanoes. You can see them. They go... There's a whole line of them. So years ago, as I say, the place must have been fantastic with this permanent firework display. Sadly, they built hotels and it's still as crap as it ever was. I knew it was going to be bad the moment we got to the airport. And we got to the the hotel complex. I thought it looked quite nice. It was all little cabanas foreign word, and, um, and uh, little people with... And it was good, it was out, that, that bit was OK, but we ended up eating English. You know, when you go abroad, you want to try and, you know, try the local food, but they look at you like you're mad, they go, you want egg sausage and chips? Have you got anything particularly local here? We have beans. Lovely, thank you, we'll have beans with it as well then. And then for the evening time we went out, we all we just ended up eating blasted pizzas. You know, you go abroad, you get pizzas. You want Hawaiian? What's that about Hawaii? Pineapple. Oh, lovely. We'll have one of those, yeah. Have you got garlic bread? Yeah, we have garlic bread. Have you got anything local with cheese on? You know, and that's about as far as it goes. It's a little bit disappointing. So I don't know what Tenerife food is like. But you go, you've go. you got to go inland to all these places to find out really what, what proper food is. It's like all the Chinese rubbish you get over here. They don't eat that in Hong Kong, do they, in China. You imagine going to a Chinese restaurant going, sweet and sour pork? Sorry? You got any sweet and sour pork special fried rice? What? Of course not, because boiled rice. Everybody eats boiled rice. I had some lovely rice the other day. I do like rice. I could probably, if push came to shove, just exist on a diet of rice. I would think so. I mean, we did grow up eating a lot of rice. When we were in Hong Kong, we just we had rice quite a lot of the time. And it came with sort of, you know, various bits of fish and everything else, and you just sort of nibbled at it. So I'm very adept at chopsticks, I have to tell you. I love it in a Chinese restaurant. You watch people struggling, trying to pick up a pea with a pair of chopsticks. And anybody would tell you, of course, that you don't pick up peas like that. The only thing you use the chopsticks for is picking up meat or fish. The rest of it, you put into your bowl and you scoop it into your mouth. But, of course, watching people chasing a pea around their plate, you think, for God's sake, in the end, they give up and they sort of slide them under the plate and use the fork or the spoon. 
84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, this is uh, very good. Tara says, you've helped me through a brain tumour. Listen, I don't want any of that kind of talk on the programme. I don't talk people through brain tumours or anything like that. Just in case people think it's cheaper than a trip to Lourdes. Let's, you know, go round, have Steve Allen touching us on the way out. I don't want any of that kind of malarkey. But I did look at, um, at a nice picture of, uh, of Kate Bush. Um, I was a big fan of Kate Bush, and then she went all reclusive. And looking at the size of her meeting the Queen, she's, uh, she's ballooned. But she's 54 now. She found fame, of course, with Heathcliff, it's me, oh, Cathy, oh, come home, I'm so cool. And it was a great song. It was a great song. Secondary issue. Didn't hit first time round, so EMI re-released it. And one of the first interviews uh, we got was at UBN. Even before she'd hit the media, UBN was the United Biscuits Network. And it was a guy who went to work in Reading called John Hayes. And he got the first interview with... Because I wasn't doing celebrity interviews then. I did a few, but they weren't really... We just said yes to anybody. Didn't make it now, I'm a bit more selective. And so Kate Bush came in, and I've got, I've got a picture somewhere at home. It's an old Polaroid of Kate Bush in our record library with John Hayes, who did the first... Sadly, he's not with us anymore. Sadly, he died a few years back now. It's funny, isn't it? When you, it's, it's all, only when you discover people you used to work with who sort of pass on that you suddenly realise there's a piece in the paper today with Paul O'Grady who says he hopes to live to 60. He said, because so many people that I work with have died. He said, and I'm 57 now. And, and he said, oh, you know, I want to live for a long time. I think he will. I think he will. I hope so, anyway. Uh, 84850, Um, uh Reminiscing on Maggie's years, and I really think being in your teens, it was the best time ever. Um, I'll tell you what I've noticed about the, the stories about Maggie in the papers now, is that the Mirror have, have done a piece where they've said... Um, you know, Labour MPs delivering a massive snub to Margaret Thatcher. She's dead. Don't be so dumb. She doesn't care. She doesn't just lie there in her coffin going, well, hardly anybody turned up on the Labour side. Of course, that's what made her so successful. Why should she have to put up with a bunch of numpties like this? How stupid. These are supposed to be grown men. And women. Not many women. And only a few turned up the other day. One looks like he's asleep, but there again, most of them look like they're asleep. Apparently... A mirror poll found 57% think her family should pay for a £10 million funeral. Why? She's a Prime Minister. You know, we've paid for all the other ones. And let's face it, I don't know why they're going on about it, the mirror, because they're quite clearly very remiss, because she managed to get loads of money back from the EU, and it was something like £75 billion. Whatever it was, it would more than cover the cost of a, of a, of a tiddly funeral. And it isn't the cost of the funeral, it's the security. And, of course, if you didn't have so many... And he said a very rude word then. Uh, champagne socialists out there, they wouldn't need to worry about that. It would just be a normal funeral. It would have gone ahead. But because of the extra security, because there's a load of idiots out there, idiots like this, the teacher, and it turns out she's not really a teacher, she's a drama teacher. For that read, failed actress. That's always the best thing, isn't it? What do you do? Drama teacher. Oh, right, so you te- teach people to do drama, but you can't actually do it yourself, can you? No, love. And here she is in a bask. What can I tell you? Uh, what do champagne socialists stand for? Champagne for all. Lovely. Uh, Rachel says, uh, I was enjoying an early morning snack, so stop talking about bowel activity. Well, you shouldn't be eating at this time of the morning, Rachel. That's why you're fat, OK? That's why you're fat, love. That's why when you look in the mirror, that gut thing hanging over the front, that's because you're eating at this time. Don't eat at this time of the morning. It's ridiculous. You don't eat and then you go to bed. I mean, well, that's different because I've luckily got the metabolism of a gazelle. You know, I mean, you forget about this. You've never seen Sam, me naked. So here's a small picture I took earlier on. 
I love doing that. It's always so good. Would you like to see a picture of me naked? Woo, great. Uh, Natasha is in a hospital bed, Runnymede. She had surgery yesterday and you're speeding up my recovery. What was the matter with it? What is, listen, I don't work for the NHS. I'm not associated with a church or anything like that. I don't cure brain tumours. And I'm nothing at all to do with speeding up people's surgery. OK, I don't want you leaping onto my back. I've got enough trouble with myself. Sorting out my own health problems without worrying about other people's health. I mean, the, the pressure that's going on me is not good. Um, Shaz says, I hear they're actually recalling all horse meat with any beef found in it. It's spoiling the taste most of us have got used to. It's true, isn't it? I mean, I keep saying to people, I keep saying that, you know, we've been eating horse meat for years in various little doses. And quite, it hasn't, hasn't done me any harm whatsoever. Uh, done me any harm whatsoever, I'm afraid. So here's the here's the papers this morning. No, no, no show. The death of Margaret Thatcher. And you've got poor old Glenda Jackson, that old that old dinosaur, still trotting out. She wrecked a heinous spiritual damage on this country. The first female PM, OK. But a woman, not on my terms. I mean, it's just so sad. They drone on. They're like, you know, the sooner they all die, the better. And we get some young talent in there. These old past-it has-beens. You do sit there and think, oh, shut up, shut up. Why do you concentrate on something more interesting? Even poor little Bob Crow, he says she can rot in hell. Yeah, well, there you go. You're another one of those champagne socialists, aren't you, mate? Your nice poncy holidays with all the rich people. We've only got to look at the size of your gut to realise that that ain't anorexia. It's because of all the food you're shoving in there. I mean, it doesn't make any difference. She made the political weather, she made history, and she made this country great again. You know, she put the great into Great Britain because I think we'd lost a little bit of that. You know, if you listen to dinosaurs like Glenda Jackson all the time, you might as well go back to sort of, you know, having bring out your dead wagons going up and down the roads, you know, and, and give money to the poor and, you know, bring back soup kitchens. They're living in the past, ladies and gentlemen. They're living in the past. They just can't accept the fact that there's a lot of people in this country and they voted for him for 11 years. That you know, that they wanted to get more, not go backwards. People like Glenda Jackson and Bob Crow, dinosaurs, old, decrepit, past it dinosaurs. They can't help it. That's all that, you know, my dad were working class. Everybody's blooming father was working class. Everybody's father was working. My father was working class. Sam's father was probably work because we work for a living. You know, we weren't born with silver spoons in our mouth. You know, we're doing jobs. You get paid for it. MPs do very nicely, thank you. I bet Glenda Jackson trousers. Do you give it to the poor, Glenda, or do you just trouser it yourself? No, of course you don't. You trouser it yourself. That's what people do. That's what people do. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. You know, running down somebody who's dead. You know, for God's sake, do something decent. Protest about something you can change. But as I say, they're all so old-fashioned... Even poor old Lee on the television, Lee Baldry. He says, I'm bored of hearing people running Thatcher down. It's just, it, you know, she's dead. She's dead. You know, you can't change anything. There's nothing that's going to happen now. Uh, there's a lot of people will be thanking Margaret Thatcher. Oh, so, OK, so there's this poor old creature here, Romany Blythe. You know, I don't know what you do privately, love, but, you know, looking at you, you're a drama teacher and you've been pictured with a communist flag. Well, bully for you. Go live in North Korea, dear. See how much you like it over there. Of course, you wouldn't, would you? Because you enjoy the old trappings of what your little job brings you. But I tell you what, you know, if we all listen to you, we might as well go hang ourselves because we wouldn't be moving on at all. It's, it's a great shame. And then lots of people are saying, oh, the cost of Margaret Thatcher's funeral. The funeral isn't costing diddly squat. It's the security, because of saddos like Romany Blythe. I tell you what, 
let's give Romany Blythe the bill. It was like that old pervert the other day, the bloke who, who ran up... He's not working, of course, so he'll be working class, just not working. Who ran up the bill talking to the old brasses at 91,000 quid. And very kindly, Vodafone have knocked 60 grand off and he's only got to pay 20-something. Oh, I'm not working. I'm not... Well, it's your tough business, isn't it, mate? Better get out there, get a job like the rest of us have to. You know, even Bob Crow has to work occasionally. All very worrying, isn't it? It's LBC 97.3. Good mood this morning. Time now four thirty. This is LBC ninety seven point three. LBC ninety seven point three. Text eight four eight five zero. Tweet at LBC nine seven three. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Love the idea that, uh, according to the LBC News, KFC staff want more training rather than a pay rise. Well, they're all being retrained. You remember, they've been serving kidneys with their Kentucky Fried Chicken. A number of people have found it in the food. It's supposed to be removed, but they've actually ended up cooking it. And to be honest with you, <laughs> I'm a bit scared about things like that. You don't want to eat that, do you? You really don't want to eat that. A friend of mine, Frankie, is in the army. He's only young, but he's uh, it's his first experience of kind of life away from home. It's a different regime. He's going into... uh, I think he's repairing tanks. To be honest with you, I just hand it over to the AA. It's so much easier to call the AA out. But if you're in Afghanistan, it's not that easy. And so he's he's constantly updating me on, you know, it's kind of tough, but he's getting there. And then he sent me a picture yesterday of his his locker. With all... Everything's got to be perfect. They, They discipline them so much. I mean, he'd be fine for things like this. You know, it doesn't bother him. He's quite a tidy person. But everything's in there. The shoes, the polish, the brushes, all his sh- shaving stuff is all... It's absolutely immaculate. And I sent him a text back saying, now that's what I call tidy. You know, your bed's got to be made properly. None of this sloppy stuff. About time, you know, a few people in this country. Perhaps we could take some of these uh, other people out there. Perhaps some MPs we could give a good kick up the rear end to. Send them out there to do some basic training. Freddie says, um, a nice upright white geranium will work well with the training fuchsias. Plant at the centre of a 14-inch basket. Yes, you're quite right, actually. What if they do a dwarf white geranium? Because I don't want, to, don't want anything too big to overshadow it. You're right, though. That, could, that sort of pans out nicely. I'm particularly good with, pardon me, with geraniums. And I would always recommend to people, if you're going to plant things in that you don't have to faff around too much with geraniums, stick them in there. Every time the head goes dead, break it off, another one will grow. It's really fast, they, they, and they seem to survive for ages and ages. So that, that would be my choice. But it's, it's definitely this year fuchsias. I'm going to go for all sorts of fuchsias. Big fuchsias, little fuchsias, small squat fuchsias, <laughs> everything else. Like, I don't mind any sort of fuchsia. Any sort of fuchsia at all. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. And uh, another one here. This is uh, this is from this is from. Wait a minute. Uh, oh, it's, it's from a company I use in America. Uh, on the subject of Tina Heath, Paul yesterday, uh, was it no today? Says that Tina Heath was not only a presenter but played Lizzie Dripping on the children's serial. It was her daughter Gemma who first appeared on the show as a blob on an ultrasound picture. Yes, I, I thought it was actually the Blue Peter baby was Daniel. He began on the show at 14 weeks old, made appearances up to the age of two. His parents then split up. He became a teenage tearaway, present whereabouts not known. It's funny, do you, I like those pro- Don't you like those programmes on the television where they, you know, take children, they all sitting down and go, I, I want to be a fireman when I grow up. And you think, oh, bless. And then you see them when they're grown up. And what are they? Drug dealer. You know, <laughs> it's just hilarious. But uh, I like seeing it. 
I like, you know, I like, I like something like that. Peter Andre was crying on the television the other day. He spends a lot of time crying, does Pete? A bit like people at his concerts, I suppose. And uh, because he's going to be raising money for cancer research. And so he's going to take a bus around the country. As I say, they're desperately trying to find things for him. You know, you'd have thought that he could have done this before. But no, we have to do it afterwards. So it's, uh, you know, it, it isn't seen as if it's shameless publicity. It's seen as if it's, you know, something that he's doing. Uh, there's a woman here who's got um, a very large chest. She said, my breast suffocated next lover during sex. My new man just taps my leg and I get off him. And this is a woman called Claire Smedley. I mean, I don't really know what you can say about Claire Smedley. The idea is, dear, it wasn't your bosom that suffocated your ex-lover, but your fat gut. I mean, you are a heifer of the first order. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. And so she's found some new bloke, and uh, she's got bright red hair, badly dyed. I mean, I'd put it this way, she ain't coming from a class kind of, you know, thing. She probably votes Labour, I should imagine, judging by the red hair and the red top. I mean, you know, otherwise it'd be blue hair, wouldn't it? And a blue top. But it isn't. Um, there's, um, Madeleine McCann makes the front of the Daily Star for some reason today. Police were last night hunting a stranger who allegedly tried to snatch a three-year-old British girl on holiday in the Canary Islands. The child's family, fearing another Maddie McCann case, took a photo of the suspect. So, they've taken a photo... It's very similar to Duncan taking a photograph of the bus driver who kicked them all off the bus. I mean, when... I was, I was, I was sitting in the shower and Duncan was saying, and he said, because they got on... And there was him and his friend, who's a mortician, and his wife, and they were in Oxford. But, of course, you can't drive through Oxford. You have to park on the outskirts, and then you drive in on one of these park-and-drive things, which is OK. They've got little buses that piddle about all over the place. And so Duncan's on this thing, and they've got a push chair, and the bus driver goes, you're not bringing that on here. And he wants them off. And so, uh, so Duncan goes, well, it's just a push chair. And as he said, everybody else on the bus, because it's Oxford, stuck up their own rear ends, most of them, are staring at the ceiling. Nobody makes a comment. We're supposed to be British. Supposed to be British. And, you know, I'd have hauled the bus driver out, thrown him out on the pavement and go, listen, mate, I tell you what, you're not fit to drive a bus. And so the bus driver says to Duncan, you know, get off the bus or do you want me to call the police? I'd have said, call the police. I'd have said, call the... I'd have stood my ground. Call the police, mate. And what, what do you think the, the charge is? We won't get off your bus because we've got a push chair. And you've called the police. You've wasted police time, you ignoramus. So Duncan takes a picture and the bloke goes, what have you done that for? I thought you were even more stupid than I thought. Because quite clearly he's taken... And Duncan said, I'm going to send that into your bosses. I'd have had it into the bosses immediately. I'd have had the man reprimanded and thrown out of that job. Somebody like that does not deserve to be behind the wheel. Responsible for people's safety on a bus. Responsible for people's lives. Responsible... You know, all you're paid to do is drive it from here to there. It costs nothing just to smile at people. I know lots of bus drivers. It costs nothing just to smile. If you say good morning, they'll go, morning. Because nobody talks to them otherwise. This bloke was a complete ignoramus. It's like the other story in the paper today, they made this two-year-old girl get off the bus because the bus driver had a headache and she was screaming. And I understand kids have got very piercing screams. I frankly think, you know, the best thing to do is to sort of give them a, a sweet that's got some sort of sedative in there, a bit like night nurse. You know, that always goes down well at kiddies' parties. Make the trifle, bit of night nurse. OK, mix it all up, they'll eat it and they'll all be, <laughs> they'll all be asleep. <laughs> they'll be asleep by the end of the first course, you know. Here comes Sooty. Oh, they've all gone to sleep. How lovely is that? Because kids do go to sleep, and I saw the best sight yesterday ever. And it's only just reminded me of kids asleep. Because when I went up to 
Vermeulens, the garden centre. On the left-hand side, there's a big reservoir. It might be the Queen Mary Reservoir. I can't remember what it's called. You just have to forgive me. It's near Staines. But round the base of it, there's all these sheep with their lambs. And these little lambs are jumping around. And, and I, I drove next to the road and I thought, do you know, I might pull into the side of the road and just go out and just pat a lamb before they kill it and I eat it. Um, because it's, I just looked at them and I thought, how lovely. And some of the lambs were lying down because obviously it's very exhausting being a lamb at the moment. And the funny thing is, if you go onto YouTube, you can find abattoirs. They've got, for some reason, people want to watch abattoirs on YouTube. And they've got sheep being killed, but there's no, there's no mention of lambs. And I'm assuming lambs must be done in the same way. I don't, I really don't know. Seems horrendous because they're so gorgeous in the fields when they're jumping around with their mums and sort of running around and chatting to their friends and, you know, looking forward to a rather short life in a field because they don't, I don't know how long they live, lambs. I suspect it's not too long because I've seen them, their necks on sale and uh, all little, because they don't sell sheep, do they? They sell lamb. And I think, is it the little baby lambs they're selling? Because I didn't... They look so cute. You see, two of them were lying down, but they'd fallen asleep on top of each other. Which I thought was absolutely... And when I used to live up in Yorkshire, many, many years ago, there was a farm up there and they had sheep. And we used to go around and collect old lamb's tails. Because they would snag them on the barbed wire, pull away, and the lamb's tail would be left there. So we used to collect lamb's tails. I don't know why. We didn't, we didn't think anything of it. You kids, you don't worry, do you? You're just in the middle of the countryside. And they were lovely lambs. They were, and a friend of mine, David Birch, had a big farm. His parents had a farm, and they had lambs as well. And sometimes the lambs would be abandoned by their mums. And so you'd have to get them in with another sheep that only maybe had one baby. So they'd all have a, all have a good go of it, which was, which was quite nice, actually. Uh, 84850, why don't you combine your flight over the Thames, says Paul, while visiting Grand Designs Live, starts 4th of May. Don't look straight down, I've got, got a touch of vertigo. Each car could take ten persons. Get yourself to North Greenwich Tube Station on the Jubilee Line. Departure point is a long stone's throw from there. It's a ten-minute flight over to the XL Exhibition Centre. How lovely. Why can't it be longer? Ten minutes? I want to do twenty minutes. Twenty minutes suspended. I haven't been in a cable car for ages. Ages and ages. I'm going to do it. I can't do it today. I've got Mark Armand to do today for In Conversation. In Conversazione. For the weekend. Uh, together with Gerard Butler. They keep calling him Gerard Butler. It's not Gerard. It's Gerard. It's G-E-R. Not double R. It's Gerard. They all keep mispronouncing it. It's very frustrating. Very annoying. And so uh, Mark Armand to do today because he's got something coming up at Wilton's Musical. And you know how much we like Wilton's Musical. And then tomorrow I've got lunch, with, well, hopefully, with Steve Hargrave, which would be quite nice. I'm looking forward to that. And then he can bring me up to date with everything he's done. I can bring him up to date with everything we've done here. All sorts. So we've got a lot to catch up on. A lot of water under the bridge for Steve Hargrave, who was, if you remember... He was at Sky, then he moved from Sky to Daybreak, and then they had another revamp, and he disappeared, and he does a lot of freelance work now. Uh, Anton Deck, uh, Britain's Got Talent host Declan Donnelly, says he's like Prince Harry, the spare wheel in a famous marriage. He reckons his sidekick, Ant McPartland, and his wife Lisa, resemble Prince William and Princess Kate, and that gives him a role in the relationship like Will's brother. I'll tell you what you do notice on the Britain's Got Talent, how bad their acting is. When they go, oh, do you want the other, the other tune? Oh, he wants the other tune. I wonder why. You think, because you've rehearsed it. That's why. We can all see through it. All see through it. Uh, Trey Holloway. No, me neither. I'm terribly sorry. Trey Holloway, 27, has declared his love for Cheryl Cole. And uh, they, they, they went away on a holiday. And he says, I love her. Back to normal life. Oh, that's great, isn't it? 
And uh, he said he'd be heading far, far away with the star after her final Girls Aloud gig. There won't be any more because they all hate each other. But as I say, Trey, you've landed on your feet there, Ray. Talk about gold digging, mate. Brilliant! Cheap old dancer, not earning diddly squat, manages to find girl with a few million. Woo! Convinced her of anything. Really love you, Cheryl. Really, really love you. Really, really love you. Loving your money. Really, really love you. Yeah, you're on television, I Loving you more. Loving you more. Because dancers get to go out with nobody. You know, because they haven't got any money, and Trey Holloway is, is nobody famous at all. But he's managed to latch onto her and convince her, because she, she's on the rebound. She's desperate for a bit of love. And so he can provide that, because he's a dancer. He's fairly fit. And luckily she's got money, so she can pay as well. Because he turned up in all these poncy clothes, and I thought, you're a dancer, you haven't got any money, mate. I know what dancers get paid. Uh, Sex Pistols frontman Johnny Rotten was dubbed a sexist, misogynist pig after unleashing an amazing rant when he was quizzed about Mrs Thatcher. Why would you ask that old has-been? Why would you ask the old faded has-been that is Johnny Lydon, Johnny Rotten? Apparently, the punk legend, nothing legendary about him. He was a fat buffoon who couldn't sing. Uh, yeah, but then, yeah, oh, pathetic old has-been. Ended up advertising butter and having to do a, having to do a, a reality show. Poor old creature, honestly. Anyway, he was, um, he's touring Australia when a presenter asked about his feelings for Mrs T. Rotten, who's 57 now, but looks about 70, told uh, Carrie, hey, hey, missus. This is... It's, it's such an old act now. It just looks sad and pathetic. Shut up. Whoever you are, shut up. Shut up, shut up. Now, listen, when a man is talking, do not interrupt. Carrie said she'd not meant to interrupt, but Rotten continued, Stop it. You sound like one of them dreadful loud birds I don't like. And he then just sort of refused to answer any more questions from her on Oz Channel 10 programme, The Project, but described the entire panel as excitable children. Oh, dear, honestly. Afterwards, the presenter, Andrew Roachford, described Rotten, real name John Lydon, as a flat-out sexist, misogynist pig. No, he's an old has-been. He's not misogynist. He's just... He's trying to get some publicity for some faded old tired act that died out years ago. Why would you ever be asking Johnny Rotten anything? He was a buffoon first time round. You know, God save the Queen, the fascist regime. Oh, dear me. It was so has-been, wasn't it? Here's Justin Bieber with his top off again. Do you know, if you've got a really scrawny body, don't show it. I'm going to be showing my body any time soon. And uh, Kimberly Walsh is planning to lift the lid on Girls Aloud's sex and drug secrets. What? Kim says, people have been asking me to tell my story for years, but it never felt right while the band was still together. Now, as we all turn the next page in our lives, it feels like the perfect time for me to share with fans what my life is really like. Subjects she could cover include Sarah Harding's stint in rehab for prescription drug addiction, the breakdown of Cheryl Cole's marriage. Apparently, uh, Cheryl released her own autobiography last year, but, I mean, nobody bothered with that one, did they? Did anybody buy it? I don't know anybody who bought it. But uh, Kimberley's might be a little bit more interesting. Failure to get off a bus where the driver directs you is a violation of the Transport Act. You won't be charged, but the police will back up the driver, so refusing is wasting... Refusing is you wasting police time. No, I'd, I'd push it, I'm afraid, on that one. I, I would absolutely push it. I'd say, call the police, mate. I would, I would call the police. I'd have him prosecuted, the driver, straight away. You know, I would absolutely... A bus driver has the final say on who rides the bus. No, he doesn't. No chance. No chance, matey. No, no, I'd call the police out. I'd make the biggest stink about it. I'd be writing to the local papers. I'd have that driver's photograph there. I'd crucify him. I would absolutely crucify him. There'd be no two ways about it, I'm afraid. Oh, no, we don't want any of those sort of uh, little Hitlers driving buses. Thank you very much. Get off my bus! I don't think so, Popsikins. I'm staying.
I'm going to call them. I'm going to turn the engine off. Fantastic. I'll have a little snooze then. It'll be nice when they're listening to you droning on. Uh, are you going to watch some of the funeral procession next Wednesday? What do you mean some of it? I'm going to watch all of it. I'm going to watch all of it. Absolutely. Of course I am. Heavens above, it's going to be a big thing on the television. Uh, these Daily Mirror people banging on about the fuel need to know that Thatcher got 75 billion subsidy from Europe. How many of its readers are claiming benefits, says Jay Patel in Harrow? Oh, most of them, I should imagine. Most of their columnists appear on television programmes, trousering the 200 quid, 200 quid there. They love it. They love it. 84850. Uh, Steve, Thatcher done politics for a living, same you do radio. Uh, fa- well, I don't think I'm paying for my funeral, do you? You must be, gee, you quite clearly don't know anything about radio at all. I shall have my state funeral paid for by Global. They will be paying for it. There will be horses and carriages and plumes. Oh, dear God, I don't pay for it. It's part of the deal. When you sign, sign the contract, should you die in company time, they cough up for the funeral. Oh, yes, 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 yes. No, and also, what you're saying, the royal family should pay for their own. Of course not. No, Margaret Thatcher generated 75 billion. If you don't understand what 75 billion is, go to your little calculator and type in all the noughts. It's quite a lot of noughts. Whether it costs 10 million or 20 million, it isn't the funeral that's costing that. The funeral's nothing. The funeral's nothing. What, what's costing the money is for idiots like you to be kept away. And so that the police can stand there and go, listen, numpty boy, go away. Unemployed, go away. Go and find a job. You know, do something useful with your life. Okay. Uh, the Real Housewives of Miami and New Jersey are on the Bio Channel on Monday and repeated on Tuesday. The Atlanta, I watched the Atlanta version the other day. There's a woman there who's having, she's having her boobs reduced. That's how sad and desperately lonely their, their lives are, I'm afraid. They have their, she's having her boobs reduced and then she wants um, liposuction. I thought about it, but to be honest with you, I mean, it's not. I don't, the idea of somebody sticking a giant needle in your stomach and <laughs> siphoning everything out, it's just... And also... Where they've siphoned out, the fat doesn't go back. So when it goes back all around it, it just looks slightly peculiar. You know, you don't want to end up looking like Alicia Duval, do you? Oh, my God, fathers. Oh, ghastly. Uh, Terence says, these so-called demonstrators in support of the sad party of Margaret Thatcher, he's using this as an excuse to get out on the streets in order to smash windows, loot shops, vandalise and create an opportunity to attack the police and cause rioting. They're troublemakers, morons and yobs, nothing more. These cretins were probably even born when Mrs Thatcher was in power. No, they weren't, but you're right, they will be out there trying to... That's what the police are there for, to stop these people looting, because they're thieving little toe rags, you know what they are. It's got nothing at all to do with Margaret Thatcher. It's to do with we're anti-the police, we're anti-authority, we're anti-give-us-our-benefits. That's all they want nowadays. They want a bit of money, don't they? They want a bit of money because they don't want to work. You know, as I say, if I was Prime Minister, I'd have cut benefits immediately. Sorry, love, you're too fat. We're taking away your benefits, all right? What do you mean you've got kids with three different people? Have I taken a break yet? God, you might have gone way over. I'm so happy. In my own little world, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'll tell you, and I've got my gadget, uh, my gadget giveaway. God, how remiss. LBC 97.3. Call 0845 6060973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just being... Oh, I snorted as well. <laughs> How frightening is that? How frightening is that? Anyway, good morning. Good morning. We will be covering the funeral of Margaret Thatcher on LBC next week. And why? Because it's part of... Part of life in the capital. It's going to disrupt Fleet Street. We're going to drive down there. There will be a funeral procession and there will be roads cordoned off and you'll hear it first on 97.3. Other people will still be playing, you know, the piglets or something. I don't know, on the radio. I've got no idea. Anyway, time now 
Wait for this one for the LBC 97.3 gadget giveaway. This is my gift to you. Yesterday, James Mercer from Shepherd's Bush. There you go, James. That's it. Woo! That's me. It's me. Open the windows wide. James Mercer from Shepherd's Bush knew that Disney's thumper is a rabbit because he kept thumping his, his back his back foot, didn't he, all the time. And he got himself the iPad Mini. Everybody now hating poor old James Mercer and Shepherd's Bush. I wanted it. I wanted it. But today, today I'm giving away a Samsung Galaxy S3 Mini smartphone. OK, take that all in again. The Samsung Galaxy S3 Mini smartphone. All the features you expect from an Android phone. I just think it makes it sound like an Android... You know, it sounds, sounds like it walks towards you or something like that. But if you want to get your hands on the Samsung Galaxy S3 Mini smartphone... Actually, I'll put a picture up of it up, up on, so I can see what it looks like. And, uh, and it gives me a sort of better... I always think it's, it's a better idea. I, I can see what I'm giving away on the programme. It's uh, it's lovely. So the Samsung Galaxy S3 Mini smartphone, just by answering this question correctly. Mini Galaxy... Sorry, just typing up. Samsung Galaxy S3 Mini smartphone. What does it look like? What does it look like? Is it really, really attract... Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Oh, that... Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's big. It's got a nice size screen, hasn't it? That's... Oh, we like that a lot. Oh, you like this. Trouble is, you need to know the answer to this question. As you know, this week the theme is Disney. Consequently, the question today is, in Disney films, what kind of animal is Baloo? What kind of animal is Baloo? To enter, text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and then you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So in Disney films, what kind of animal is Baloo? OK, we're just looking for the one word. So you text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, then your answer, and then you send it to 84850. Must get here by 6.30 this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. It's nice, that. I like that a lot. like that a lot. Nice one. So, uh, well done. James Mercer from yesterday. James Mercer from yesterday. Congratulations. Uh, out on the town the other day. Oh, two old has-beens. Poor old Frankie Essex, that well-known drunk. And uh, and Chloe Sims. Should you not stay at home more with your daughter? I'm, I'm only, you know, I don't want to sort of instruct you in parenting. But to be honest with you, you're a single mother. You keep droning on about it. Perhaps staying at home more with your daughter might be in keeping. Anyway, the two foul-mouthed old bags uh, were out there. One of them, apparently, I think poor old uh, Frankie, uh, was, was refused entry to the British Luxury Club uh, because she was apparently drunk. And also, she's ugly, and you don't want ugly, drunk people with fake hair on, do you? But get out. Get out. You're from Essex. Oh, no, the only way is... Oh, no. From Essex, you're all right. You're nice and classy. Not from the only way is Essex. You look like brasses. Get out. And Chloe Sims, you're way too old, love. Way too old to be going out. I mean, Frankie Essex is 25... Way too old for nightclubs, love. And uh, Chloe Sims, 30. God, it's like taking your old gran out, isn't it? Hello, it's Chloe. Yes. I mean, she's as thick as a brick. Do you want to come out to a nightclub, dear? Ridiculous. But uh, once they've left her behind, Frankie did little to prove her critics wrong by proceeding to fall over and rip her dress. That's a sad drunk for you, ladies and gentlemen. It's embarrassing, really, isn't it? What do you do for a living, Frankie? Try and refresh my memory. Answer? Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Here's um, Kelly Brook. Cutting a figure, uh, cutting a, cutting a, as she steps out of a house. They've obviously got a photographer sits there in a car goes, Hi Kelly, can we have another picture of you going off to 
Celebrity juice. Yeah, OK. OK, can we have the bit... Can you pull the zip down on the back of your dress so we can sort of pretend that you've walked out the house without it being done? OK. It's like going out and saying, oh, you've still left your curlers in your hair. As if it's going to happen. It's so set up. It's ridiculous, honestly. I love it. I love it. Uh, there's also Pete on a mission to beat cancer. He's launching cancer detection buses in memory of his brother. The two vehicles will travel around the UK so nurses can check people for the disease. Where are they coming from? Who's paying for them? I suppose it must be from... Um, he's teamed up with Cancer Research to raise £500,000 for the buses. Um, he described... Oh, he's droning on about his girlfriend again, who's an amazing girl. Of course she is when, you know, she's 25 and you're heading towards 50. You know, he says, being out of the industry, you can go home and talk about the things that are completely different. Like what? What do you talk about at home, Poppet? Because when we've seen you on the programme, you're as boring as hell. I've never seen anybody with such dull conversations. It's ridiculous. So anyway, so he's now teaming up, and uh, of course his brother died of liver and kidney cancer, and they managed to put it on the programme. For about a number of weeks, actually. And as I said at the time, and the critics have agreed with me, that's a private thing. You don't put that up on the television. You really don't. It's, you know, you do things like that privately, but not for poor old Peter Andre. Actually, the other thing I was thinking of the other day, Nicole Scherzinger, she's got herself down as 30-something. People say she's in excess of 40. She's obviously, and still not spending much time with poor old Lewis Hamilton. I mean, you know, we really want them to spend more time together. It's like Denise Van Outen and Lee Mead. No, our marriage is fine. How many times have I read that? I'm, an, I'm such a cynic in the business. Because so many people say, no, it's fine. And then a month later, we've agreed on a trial separation. <laughs> you, know, you, just, you know, I'm quite sure their marriage is fine. It's just that, you know, I'm the cynic. I always think there ain't no smoke without fire. I remember when they did it before with... Um, who did they do it? Who's that over-made-up old dreadful TV presenter? Oh, Melinda Messenger. Could have been anybody, couldn't it? I could have been thinking Anthea Turner, but I thought Melinda. And uh, Melinda Messenger and her husband split up for a while, and then they magically got back together again. Because we don't really know what he does. I think he's a stay-at-home person. He's called Wayne, and looks like he used to be in a boy band. And he doesn't really do anything at all, apart from those look after the house. And Melinda, with a troweled-on makeup, still trying to worry about, you know, the makeup artist for Jordan, who, who wasn't there. Who wasn't there? Makeup artist and boyfriend weren't, and they turn up to everything. You've only got to open the fridge, and there they are doing twenty minutes, and they weren't there. And I'm wondering, as she dropped them, well, not only one of them, because only one of them uh, does her makeup, and uh, and they were conspicuous by their absence. And I, I, I worried. I've not actually seen a picture of any of Katie Price's weddings without seeing the uh, the gay boys pitching up for it. But they weren't there the other day. They had the usual suspects, Rylan, Michelle Heaton. Oh, so boring and so cheap and tarty. Lauren, that's Lauren Goodger from uh, from Towie, foul-mouthed old bag. And uh, Danielle Lloyd, the well-known racist from Big Brother. You remember the Shilpachettis? Oh, yes, Danielle, we remember you so well indeed. Stephen Birmingham says, what do you think about the heat wave predicted for this weekend? Looking forward to getting my speedos on. And uh, going out there, perhaps with a... I've, I'm, I've, I've got a T-shirt that I've cut down, so it's showing a lot of midriff. It's an attractive look. Uh, John says, what's all the fuss about kidneys in KFC? Haven't these people ever had steak and kidney pie? I think it's a slightly different kidney from a chicken than it is from an animal. OK. Although we probably realise they were horse meat and kidneys. <laughs> uh, I called the police yesterday because a woman had a son who was over the age when they start paying but refused to pay for him. 
This is on the buses. And then somebody says, refuse to pay, and I ask the person to leave. If they refuse, I call the police. Small wonder the police are giving up now. Uh, the reservoir near the Mulans Garden Centre says, Alan in Q is the Queen Mary Reservoir. You also have the King George the Sixth. Steve, it's similar to causing a fuss on an aeroplane. You'd be turfed off. I know many of the time I've been turfed off. You know, we've just taken off. They go, right, you're off. I'll sort of push you out the door. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC News at five. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Sorry, happiness. Uh, Thursday, rain. You don't need to worry about rain. Come on, it's Britain, it rains. That's what it does, I'm afraid. No, the only thing you need to wor- worry about is, have you got enough podcasts to see you through? Ricky's going off to Vegas in September, so he's saving podcasts. That's always my idea. I say to people, save a podcast every day. And by the time you get to go on holiday, you've got loads. So if you go on holiday line, they're thinking, oh, I wish I was listening to Steve Allen. You can. You can have the... I mean, there might be people listening to this programme on the beach. Even as I'm speaking to you now, you're there, drilling holes in the sand, you know, and sort of enjoying yourself, thinking we'll have another pina colada, which is good. Um, uh, 84850. Oh, uh, Steve, Gary, Katie Cutprice's makeup lady, has defected. He's now Tamara Eccleston's trowlet on guru. Money was probably better. Oh, right. So she's. Oh, that's why. The, oh, right. But wasn't he doing. Um, Tamara's makeup before. I mean, he's he's a bit fickle, I'm afraid. Him and the boyfriend, they're a little bit fickle. And uh, he's a bit sort of... I don't know, he just... Perhaps that's the best Tamara can get, I suppose. <laughs> Which is a shame. Um, da, da, da. A lot of people um, talking about the heatwave at the weekend. I do hope so. I don't necessarily want a heatwave. I just want something a little bit, little bit nicer than we've been having of late. Uh, 84850, uk. We'll weave uh, all your texts and uh, emails into the programme. You just ask if anybody had Cheryl Cole's autobiography, says Noreen. Somebody got it at a charity shop and gave it to me, but I've not opened it yet. <laughs> That's what I like. That's what I like. I mean, to be honest with you, I, would, I should imagine it's a sanitised version. You know, I got drunk in a nightclub and was abusive to a toilet attendant. Hardly is going to be a seller, is it? Let's face it. And uh, not the most pleasant person. It doesn't matter, though. It doesn't matter if that's, you know, that's the way she is. She is. At least now she's got to keep um, Trey Holloway, the dancer, which is good. Channel 4 have fought off ITV. Like that. They've done the big thing. Why? They wanted to keep uh, Alan Carr. I didn't know ITV wanted to sign him, to be honest with you. I had no idea. I suppose you've got to make it interesting, haven't they? Because if, if I... Let's face it, ITV have got far more money than Channel 4. And they could offer him probably a much better deal. But uh, Alan is now going to be with the channel till 2015. ITV launched a late bid to sign him as Jonathan Ross's ratings have slid. And he struggles for top guests. Uh, I think last week, 2.25 million, his second lowest ever. I don't know who some of the guests are on Jonathan Ross. I haven't, I haven't seen the programme. I mean, it, it's lost. They always say, I know it sounds, it's, it doesn't quite sound right saying it, but I've seen it on more than one occasion, that whenever shows move from the BBC to ITV, they lose it. And they generally end up getting rid of somebody. So Michael Parkinson moves BBC, ITV, what do they do? Drop it. BBC couldn't wait to get rid of him. And yeah, I thought he was, I thought it was great on the BBC. He got the big names on. But now there's so many chat shows. There's so many of these, uh, of these chat shows and so many people doing them and there's so many guests who appear that it's, it's become a bit diluted. 
uh, Morecambe and Wise, exactly the same. They moved over to ITV from the BBC. They had a bit of a tantrum because they were moved, I think, from Christmas Day or Boxing, whatever whatever day it was they were moved. They decided they'd had enough. They weren't going to be treated like that. They went to ITV and the shows were never the same because all of a sudden ITV had to justify paying them the money so there were ad breaks all over the place. And that's why it was, uh, it was, a, it was a bit of a, bit of a shame bit of a shame when people moved. So, Jonathan Ross moves, and the show's roughly the same, but probably not the same. It's difficult to get the guests now, because nowadays, I get some of the guests way before anybody else. And I'm nobody. I'm nobody. I'm not being paid these vast salaries that they, uh, that they are on the television. You know, and Chatty Man, you know, Alan Carr's programme works, because they've got alcohol. I mean, if we did, in conversation with alcohol... Huh? It would be a ratings winner, ladies and gentlemen. You've no idea. If you could hear all the conversations we had during the breaks, it would be an absolute ratings winner. I mean, there is no doubt in my mind that all the bits you're not meant to hear, all the bits that, you know, when we sort of chat and tell each other little bits of gossip. <laughs> I lo- that, that's the bits I like. Do you know, I'd forgotten as well the other day, just going back very briefly in history, I'm reading this, uh, this book at the moment, which is called The Most Amazing Royal Places in Britain. It's got the secret retreats of Britain's kings and queens. And, of course, it's, it's actually got the perils of power, the Tower of London. For royal and noble prisoners, it was, I suppose, the final destination. Many people ended their days there. Many people were beheaded. It was, in fact, a bit of a privilege. And it might not seem it, but I promise you it was a privilege to be beheaded at the Tower of London. Because if you were a common criminal, it was outside hanging, drawing and quartering. And sometimes disemboweling while you were still alive. Such was the ferocity of the country. And then your head was chopped off and stuck on a pillar, uh, on, a, on a spike, covered with tar so that the seagulls didn't peck it. And it was horrible. But if you were executed within the Tower of London, that was considered a privilege. And I'd completely forgotten, apart from the usual usual people, uh, Charles I, of course, was not executed inside the Tower of London. He was done on Whitehall. And they severed his head with one blow. Generally speaking, the axemen who came from France, or the executioners, were so drunk. I think Anne Boleyn's head was severed about eight times. In the end, he had to take a knife out and cut it off because it just wasn't working at all. And apparently, and I've said this before, on the first blow, the, ant, the axe was a bit blunt and she went, ah! You know, like you... I'd be going, ow! Stop it now! But you know who else we executed? Sir Walter Raleigh. I'd forgotten we executed him. I thought he was the saviour of this country. Lay down his coat, Queen walked across it. There's a dry-cleaning bill for you from hell. You know, brought tobacco in and we executed him. He spent 12 years in the Tower of London. The craze spent time inside the Tower of London. It must have been awful for, for people there... You know, who was sort of who was sort of facing execution because in many cases and I, I think you'll remember that, you know, Anne Boleyn and Catherine Howard, they actually watched their scaffold being built. You know, they looked out of their private quarters to see their own and they sort of, you know, made things and did everything, but they were still executed at the Tower of London. But the book's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I'm not just fascinated by executions, because they went on all over the place. Every crossroads, I think, in Yorkshire had a gallows, and there were highwaymen hanged from there. Had a few producers. Uh, Jackie in Paddockswood tells me that Paul's dad from Manchesterford's uh, gone back into hospital again. So we wish him the very best, Tim and uh, Paul as well. So if we don't hear from him this morning, that's presumably why. 
So, back into hospital. That's the, that's the beauty of the NHS, isn't it? That is the beauty. Uh, reading in the Mirror today, Kevin Maguire talking about selfish of the left not to praise a Tory it detested. The £2 million pantomime in Parliament was the Westminster Club at its worst. Tenants unable to play the bedroom tax risk eviction. Work won't pay when the condemns squeeze tax credits. And uh, he talks about, you know, he says here... And yet, an establishment that looks after its own offered MPs up to 3,750 quid each to fly back from holiday to pay tribute to Margaret Thatcher. That's almost a year's dole for the out-of-work, he says. This is Kevin Maguire, who's trousered, I should imagine, many hundreds of thousands of pounds for appearing on television programmes, putting out these old left views now. It's a bit, it's a bit old. Why can't we just be positive? Why can't we just think positively? It makes it so much easier. You know, it's, it's very nice... Of people to be sort of anti-Margaret Thatcher. It's very nice for people to be anti-David Cameron. It's very nice for people to be anti-Kevin Maguire, because you can't have it always, you know. And the union leaders, they systematically try to not bring down the country, but line their own pockets. As I say, you won't find a poor union leader. They're all very well fed. I thought the final blow were for Arthur Scargill, who was leader of the National Union of Mine Workers, of being kicked out of his Barbican flat. They wanted it back. They'd said, no, mate, we want the flat back. And he resisted it. And I thought, no, you've made enough money in your time. It was a bit like Nancy Delusional. God, she's gone quiet, hasn't she? Probably still rehearsing for a show, trying to get the words right. And uh, she's been kicked out of the flat that Sven wanted her out of. But he promised me these flats for... I'm thinking, well, you know, you've made enough money, love. Why don't you just try and stand on your own two feet? Pictures in the papers today of uh, the area where Margaret Thatcher's ashes are to be laid, being measured up, because uh, Dennis Thatcher... His ashes are there, so there's going to be the official funeral and then a private family event for the cremation in Mortlake, down the road from me. I could probably sit there. I could probably, actually, I could probably head down there in the car. I'd probably fit in quite well in the car, I should imagine. Uh, Three out of five people say the Thatcher family should fork out for her send-off. You know, this, this is the mirror. I mean, okay, listen, she's dead. Who cares? God's sake. As I said before, protest about something you can actually change. Uh, one here, 84850, Steve at LBC. Oh, just in case you've woken up, I forgot to mention again, sorry, the LBC gadget giveaway. In case you've only just woken up and you're thinking, you know, what has he got for us today? What has he got for us today? And the answer is that after yesterday, when James Mercer, twice James, you had your mention now, Widen those windows. In Shepherd's Bush, he knew that Disney's thumper was a rabbit. He got the fabulous iPad mini. Today, it's the Samsung Galaxy S3 mini smartphone. All the features you expect from an Android phone, and you could get your hands on it at 6.30. So that's what you're going for, the Samsung Galaxy S3 mini smartphone. Check it out on the internet. You can see what it looks like. Very nice indeed. All you need to do is answer this question correctly and get picked. In Disney films, what kind of animal is Baloo? In Disney films, what kind of animal is Baloo? To enter, text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and then you send it to 84850, and that's before 6.30 this morning. OK? Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged because it's an automatic system. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Nice, nice prize for you today. You can take, take pictures of the funeral ne- next Wednesday, I should imagine. People are going having a laugh now, aren't you, Steve? You're having a laugh. Uh, someone says, Steve, I've been to the Tower of London and it's brilliant. 
Yes, I, I have been many times. The ta- I love going. And I'll tell you what you should do when you go there. And don't think you know it all. Because even I don't know it all. Go on the guided tour. They're free. Once you've paid to go inside, just join one of the tours. It's normally just inside the gate. And go around and let them explain what everything is. Because it's so much better. So much better. You know, it's, it's, really, it, it's really a good place to go to. Very, very nice. But I love it. Absolutely love it. Especially when you think who it's incarcerated. All sorts of, from Nazis to the craze to uh, Walter Raleigh, to Anne Boleyn, lots and lots of people were beheaded there and then buried at St Peter Advincula. St Peter Advincula, I can't remember how to pronounce now. But that's a very small church there. In fact, you know, if you dig that place up, my God, there must have more bones there of kings and queens than just about anybody else. And uh, with Nick Ferrari today, as police prepare to mount a huge security operation for Baroness Thatcher's funeral next week, Nick will be asking, should they be extra tough on anybody causing trouble? Plus, stay tuned for another lively edition of Call Clegg. Certainly will be this week, won't it? As Nick will be asking the Deputy Prime Minister his thoughts on London having a statue of the Iron Lady. I see no reason why not. We've got to other people. People you've never heard of. Why not one to Margaret Thatcher? There's one inside the Commons. And uh, the day's newspapers, Daisy McAndrew, political journalist and broadcaster... Uh, who used to have a show on LBC, will be in doing the papers. Uh, Dan says, Anne Boleyn was done with a sword by a French execution. It was swift. No, it wasn't. No, they had to hack it off in the end. They had to hack it off. It took forever and a day, I'm afraid. Uh, John and Nicola say uh, running the marathon on Sunday, the Brighton Marathon. Well, hope that, well at least you've got decent weather, although probably if it's going to be too hot, it's bad, isn't it, for... Uh, for running marathons. Not so good. Sharon says, I think Graham Norton does the best chat show. He's very funny and asks the questions we want to hear. So you got Gerard Butler first. I did. Yes. Well, in fact, in this building, I got him second. Because he'd already done one interview. But um, but uh, I think you'll find that mine is the better. All those were just little little interviews. Mine, mine is the full length, as they say. Uh, another one here. I believe North Korea is bluffing about the nuclear war. I wouldn't guarantee that they were. I would think it would be a huge mistake. I mean, quite clearly, I mean, the man's an idiot. You know, he really is not intelligent enough to do anything at all. And uh, all that will happen is, if anything happens at all, and we sincerely hope it doesn't, I really mean we sincerely hope it doesn't, because I don't think they've tested the weapons that they've got out there. These are the ones that can fly for 2,000 miles. You know, I don't think that they've actually... In fact, I'm 99% certain they've not tested these things yet. But if they do decide to set them off to South Korea... I can't quite understand what the argument is about. Little short fat man with no talent whatsoever, with stupid haircut, decides to sort of launch a nuclear attack on people. I don't quite understand what he thinks he's going to... What do you think he's going to do? All the North Koreans are going to move into South Korea. Do you think they're going to move to Japan or China or something? Or perhaps in America? Because all the, the, you know, the rest of the world will gang up on him, poor soul... And uh, the old country will be annihilated. They've got nothing as it is at the moment. They're bad enough for their little embassy up at Ealing, where they were quite nasty the other day, where people want to take pictures of them moving all their stuff out. Seems fair enough, doesn't it? Uh, so, I mean, you know, I don't think you can say he's bluffing. He has got nuclear power. Because they, they haven't got any food, but they've got nuclear power. How useful is that? Uh, 84850, uk. Uh, talking of the Tower of London... The execution of Margaret, Countess of Salisbury, was a gruesome one. She was dragged to the scaffold and wouldn't put her head down. I don't think about her, actually. I shall check her out. That sounds quite an interesting one, doesn't it? Quite an interesting... We like it when, they, when they've got interesting, interesting stories that go with them as well. Uh, somebody sent uh, a thing the other day. In fact, actually, it just came through a moment ago on, on Twitter, which is at Steve Allen Show. And uh, this one is from Martin, who says, I love the witty banter every day. 
He says, great talent being able to talk non-stop for two hours, sounding like you're addressing me personally. But I am talking to you personally. <laughs> one of those frightening that you turn around and there I am in the room. Perhaps you could have a hologram. Perhaps one of these days, you know, not in my lifetime, but they'll invent a radio where the actual person will appear out of the radio and will appear to be talking to you. A little bit like, I miss you, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, that kind of thing. You know, did you remember that? When the little, you know, that, that kind of thing. And you go, oh, scary, Steve Allen could speak. I mean, in the future, I could be a hologram. I see no reason why, in fact, you know, I couldn't be. I suppose the technology is there. I did see a thing once in an amusement arcade, and it was a dome, and in the middle was a little figure. And that, I thought, was actually quite clever, because I bought this thing ages and ages ago. I probably lost it now. I can't, I can't find anything. Friends of mine go through my phone, and they tend to delete things, and I go, they go, you don't want that, do you? And I go, well, I think I do. I did buy health check, to be honest with you. It's frightened the life out of me, so I've not been on that ever, ever since. But I, I was sort of, the, the, the little thing I was thinking of, of was, was this one. You know, that's you've got the little figure. Bit uncanny, isn't it? I sounded just like her. Oh, did you not think so? Did you not think so? I sounded exactly like her. I'll do, I'll do it again for you, OK? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Makes you think, doesn't it, really? Yeah, all right, dear. And don't push your luck. Two voices at the same time. I'm better with... You see, that's quite good. I like that one. We're doomed. We're doomed. Uh, 84850, steve uh, They found horse meat in food again in the Netherlands says Adele. Yes. And after having a sleepless night, you're on top form, putting those in their place. You keep going on about the Iron Lady. Margaret Thatcher, I wonder when their time comes, how many will want to chat about them or even remember them. She was amazing. I mean, as I said the other day, she was. To some people, she was amazing. I spoke to some, some policemen the other day, and they said that, you know, they liked her. Not everybody likes her. I understand that. I understand that. But she's dead now, OK? We don't need to go on about it. Silly little drama students, you know, little teachers complaining about it and trying to sort of... Rat- I mean, that could be seen as an incitement. I would think that person needs a resting. This is this Romany Blythe who's in the papers today who, who thinks that, you know, after it was tardy, let's go out there and party, and she wants everybody in, in the country to all get together. I mean, living in a total, a total little dream world as Glenda Jackson rants on like a, a woman without an acting job. You know, you can only think to yourself, that acting really paid off, didn't it? Paddy Ashdown, my wife hissed. She's bloody charming, damn it. Shirley Williams and a woman of incredible dedication. Norman Lamont, she looked at me and said, you're utterly hopeless. So she was a good judge of character. And they've got Norman Tebbett and David Cameron and Ed Miliband and, and Clegg. She drew the political map we're still navigating today, says Nick Clegg. You'll have something to say to him later on today. Bob Crow says she can rot in hell. That's what people say about Bob Crow as well. The difference is she's dead and he's still living. Well, barely, I should imagine. Uh, there's also a yob who threw a banana. Manchester City's black defender, uh, I think it's Gail Clichy, has been given 240 hours of community service. This is uh, so-called fan... Kelvin Reynolds, 20, caught when Clichy complained on Twitter about a pre-season friendly in Limerick. Reynolds from the city admitted threatening behaviour but denied any racial motive. I think, darling, you were found guilty of that. We know exactly what you are. And uh, he said he would have been jailed. He's got 65 previous convictions. So remember the name. It's Kelvin Reynolds, here and afterwards known as that rather stupid person with 65 convictions. Oh, dear. Next time, prison. OK, that'll be good, won't it? Uh, the Ritz guests fell under Mrs T. Spell as she sang classic at lunch. Uh, they've got a picture of the suite that she was in. Um, she had a bit of crooning. And so, you know, 
That's it. What more can I tell you? What more can I tell you? Uh, the dad's horror as a, a pervert got seconds from making his girl three into Madeline number two, and the man has been taken into custody. And a, a sex pest who cornered and molested a woman in a hotel gym has been banned from every pool, sauna and jacuzzi in Britain for the next five years. Well, how do you, in, how do you in, sort of enforce that? His name's Ali Rashid, originally from Syria. He could only visit pools during men-only sessions. Oh, don't worry, he's from Syria. He'll be, he'll be up for that one as well, I should imagine. He admitted sexual assault. He comes from Cardiff, also given a suspended eight-month jail sentence. I don't know. And also the uh, IVF pioneer, Sir Robert Edwards, had died. This is the man who gifted the world five million children. That's uh, the five million IVF babies. And, uh, as I say, it's a, a great, a great, con- great con- contribution excuse me, to, uh, to science. Uh, here's a story today, a very sad story. A drunken neighbour started a fire which killed a couple and three kids over a row over a pram. This is Melanie Smith, who allegedly torched a pushchair left in a communal stairwell after drinking heavily. You don't want to be near any of these people, do you? Absolutely not at all. 84850, uk. Try and weave everything in. Uh, all these people moaning about Mrs Thatcher should remember the sayings, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. Better to keep quiet and thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. It's quite a nice... I like that line, actually. That's one of my, one of my favourite lines. I do like that a lot. Uh, Jackie says, My mother went to the Tower of London with two children, my niece and nephew, both under 13, and the cost of going for the three, 42 quid. With train tickets and lunch, the cost for the day, 100. How can the English visit these attractions at these prices? So I think that's quite good value. Don't you think that's good value? So, so mum and two children, it was 42 quid. Train tickets and lunch, cost for the day, £100. It's not a bad day out for, for three people. £100 in this day and age. I don't think that's bad, actually, Jackie. The trouble is, if you joined, as I recommended, historic royal palaces, you could go to the Tower of London every single day for the duration of your membership. And you can also go to Hampton Court every single day. And you can go to the Banqueting House every single day. And you can go to the Palace in Kew every single day. All for the one admission price. Join Historic Royal... Do join Historic Royal Palaces. I can't emphasise enough how much money you can save. I'm a member of the VNA, saved a fortune already, and you get a discount. You get 10% discount on all your food that you buy. So you'd have saved a lot of money. You could have saved, you know, on your lunch food, which could have cost 30 quid. You could save £3. You know, it's well worth it. You can get it all money off souvenirs and everything. So it's well, well worth it. And also, there's all sorts of cards now which give you discounts on the, on the boats, on the Thames. So go for it. Historic Royal Palaces. They do a family ticket, individual ticket, all sorts of things. And they send you all the brochures through of all their special exhibitions. All free, once you've joined. My advice. Best value in town. Best value. 84850, uk. Um, other stories in the papers today. This is, um, this is, what was this one here? Oh, the, um, some man's wallet. You know when you lose something and then it turns up years later? Well, there's a bloke's wallet here, Richard Lane. He lost it, uh, <coughs> years ago. It's turned up 35 years on. It's t- incidentally, minus the money. He's, he's lost 15 pounds. In St Ives, in, uh, is that where you are? And, see, I th- oh, it's your village, is it really? So you've kept the wallet all these years, have you, Sam? Okay. Cool. 50, what did you spend the 15 quid on? Was that your... Spent it on sweets, yeah? Probably you get a lot of sweets, though, didn't you, for that? But uh, he also had a payment plan for a TV, 
Uh, as well as the money, it held his driving licence, the gym and union membership. Isn't it funny that things turn up 35 years later? I'm looking at one of them now. Uh, from St Ives. Yeah, I thought St Ives was in Cornwall, but there's obviously one in in uh, Cambridgeshire as well. Good Lord, honestly. That's a place to avoid. Anyway, coming up very shortly, the news at uh, 5.30. Don't forget the gadget competition for today, and it's called Clegg. You don't want to miss that one today. It's going to be a real humdinger. It's now 5.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Certainly is. Nice to have you company. Thursday morning in London town, it's wet. But then, it's Britain. And it rains. You know, that's what happens. It rains in this country. And then we have snow. And then we have ice. And then we have frost. And, uh, then... And we have all sorts of things, I'm afraid. In fact, it must be the only country that you get all the seasons in one day. We get absolutely everything. Uh, very interesting, because I, I was saying earlier on about the Tower of London and who, who has been incarcerated there. There's been all sorts of uh, war criminals. And, and somebody said, uh, you said they were in... What do you mean they were imprisoned in the Tower of London? They were imprisoned in the Tower of London. I think they were when they were 19. They were locked away in the Tower of London. That was the, that was the first place that they were locked up in. And I think that gave them their first taste of punishment. Very, very young there. Their criminal career spanned two decades. Although, strangely enough... Well, I know it, it sounds a bit odd, doesn't it? But when you look at what the craze did, admittedly, they were thick beyond belief. They were so dumb. They just ruled with, with fear and intimidation. They weren't particularly bright people. You know, they loved their mother. You know, I thought that was quite funny when they allowed one of them out to the funeral and they flanked him with the two of the biggest police officers you could possibly find, just to make him look short and insignificant, which kind of worked, actually. But they were imprisoned in the Tower of London. I don't know how long they were there for, but they were certainly imprisoned there. I think, to, you know, the, the last people... The last people, I, I think, wasn't to do with desertion, was it? That wasn't the desertion from the uh, from national service. But anyway, they they were locked away, so they had their. It was it was desertion, so they were locked away there. I suppose because it's a military installation, so that's why they were there. And then gradually, as their career took off in a, in a strange but bewildering kind of way, they uh, ended up in prison, and they were never let out. They were never let out, apart from at the end, and then uh, one died, and then the other one died, and that was it. Both strangely turned gay at the end, which I thought was rather... Everybody knew about Ronnie and his liking for young boys. Although if anybody had actually said anything to him, I should imagine we'd found propping up a motorway bridge, that uh, he liked young boys. That was what his, uh, his penchant was. There's no end of, uh, of pictures of Ronnie with pretty boys who he befriended. And nobody ever said a word. Funny that, isn't it? In this day and age, people would have said something. Not in those days. They went, oh, it's the craze. If Ronnie likes uh, young boys, that's his business. So nobody said anything. And then Reggie, I believe, in prison had lots of uh, young men who used to flock around him. But I suppose in prison you haven't got anything else, have you? Uh, there's a mum of ten in the papers today. She's on benefits. She says, I'll keep on having babies. And so uh, here she is. She rakes in more than 25,000 in benefits. It's interesting, isn't it? She gets 25,000 in benefits. Mr Philpot, with his 17 children, raked in 60 grand. No chance of him ever coming out of prison. Uh, jobless Iona Heaton will boost her handouts even further after deciding to have just one more child. Well, that's great. I don't know why, though, she's, she's jobless. I mean, what are you, useless or something? I don't know. Her partner, uh, Paul Brown, and they're not married, of course, you know, so we know what all the kids are called. And she says, I'd like another girl, I think. I don't think it's irresponsible to have so many children on benefits. As soon as I've had a baby, I just want another. I love being pregnant and being a mum. It's my full-time job. I mean, it's a, see, I think, that, you know, they should take benefits away from somebody like that. I mean, they're quite clear the woman's an idiot. Quite clearly. 
Uh, who's trailing in the Rich League? We know you like to know who's got all the money in the business. Uh, the music millionaires, the richest, Paul McCartney is at number one still with £680 million. But he always looks so blooming miserable. <laughs> Spend it! Drive around in a Rolls-Royce Phantom. I mean, really enjoy your money, but he doesn't. I'm sure he does in his own little way. Had to pay that ghastly old bag he married, didn't he? That dull old Heather creature. Everybody knew about her. Android Webber number two, 620 million. You two? Still, but they're boring, aren't they? Aren't they boring? They don't do anything at all. Bono with his funny coloured glasses. Elton John, 240 million. Still not bad. David and Victoria Beckham, 200 million. I reckon most of that's him. I reckon most of that is him. Uh, Mick Jagger, 200 million. And the richest musicians. Florence Welsh, that's Florence and the Machine, 9 million. Katie Melua, 12 million. Leona Lewis, 12 million. Cheryl Cole, 14 million. If you're listening, Trey, she's got 14 million, mate. You can have that. Uh, And Adele, 30 million. Oh, that's a bit of a jump, isn't it? For Adele, 30 million. So keep up with your singing, keep up with your music writing. And uh, and if you're from from the uh, the wrong side wrong side of town, just remember Cheryl Cole has amassed amassed fourteen million pounds. It's not bad, is it? Uh, there's um, I love this. Um, a Nigerian groom chose to walk down the aisle to the classic love song "The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face" at a sham wedding to a woman he just met. Leeds University master's student Jayola Abiola paid a Portuguese bride. Vania Pinero Fernandez, three grand to help him attain a ye- EU passport so he could remain here. But the ceremony was interrupted when the UK border agency officials raided Hull's Guild Hall seconds before the song was due to be played. The couple had met only days earlier when they attended a rehearsal. The registrar became suspicious as Abiola struggled to remember his bride's name and stumbled over basic questions about their life together. So they, they turned up in cars and uh, everything else, and they sat in the dock as they admitted conspiring to breach immigration laws. This is a, this is a pathetic master's student, a Leeds University master's student. Abiola's barrister, Rodney Fern, told the hearing uh, he would like to be sentenced today as he's to be deported to Nigeria, where he may well have to work, uh, have work to go to. So that's nice, isn't it, really? So get, you know, get it over and done with, get him out of the country as quick as possible. There's also a stampede for this Botox in a tube wrinkle cream. There's nothing that's going to stop it, I'm afraid. There really isn't. It's, uh, they say here lots of people are rushing to Tesco to buy it, because that's where you go, isn't it, when you want to buy anti-wrinkle cream? You think of that well-known bastion of beauty, Tesco. Or Boots the Chemist. I don't think so. Oh, sad news later in the free podcast. Can't tell you. I have to save it for a little bit later on this morning. But uh, lots of uncomplimentary things about Madonna. The, uh, the government of Malawi have been speaking about her a few people. You know that she's built these schools. Well, it turns out she hasn't. It turns out she's built classrooms. That's, that's the difference. And now they're saying she's just not very pleasant. But she was always like that. She was never, you know, never the most easygoing person. And she, she's got an ego that comes with it. And uh, at least she's done something. Some people don't do anything at all, do they? They just sort of go out there and they just take, take, take. And they don't, they don't contribute to anything. So at least she's doing something with her money. I'm sure there'll be various tax benefits and things like that. Ruby Wax has admitted that uh, doing Madonna has left her a wreck. She's branded the 94 interview with the material girl for her show Ruby Wax Meets Madonna as the most miserable showbiz experience. See, we all have that, don't we? She says, I thought I was doing OK in showbiz. They said, do you want to interview Madonna? 
I thought we were going to bond, but she hated me on sight. Poor old Madonna, honestly. She got a bit, bit, uh, bit airy-fairy, didn't she, when Elton John said she mimed some of her concerts. We were setting up the cameras and she was saying, no, 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 I don't want that camera, I want that camera. Ruby says, I got nervous and I was asking dumb questions, then she just got up and left. <laughs> Good old Ruby Wax. Good old Ruby Wax. Ruby almost famously put the singer's underwear on her head during the interview, explains why she did it. She said, I needed to end the show with some comedy. She left her handbag, so I rifled through it and found some of her underpants and put them on my head. <laughs> oh, dear. As for her pants, she says, they were like a piece of dental floss. These days, Ruby, who is bipolar depressive, is getting laughs for all the right reasons. You know she's got her show because we talked to her about her on In Conversation. But I love the idea that, you know, people tell the truth. I've had, um, I think, only two, two interviews which haven't really gone particularly well, not as well as you wanted them to go. And one was from somebody, one was an actor, who, to be honest with you, I'd never even heard of before. I'd never heard of, and he, he sort of pitched up, and he came with attitude, and you think, I'm only doing a job, I'm only, you know, I'm not here to trap you, I'm just, I'm just doing a job, I'm just doing an interview. You know, to publicise something you're doing, it's not, it's not a, it's not a battle of wits or anything like that. I'm not going to try, trip you up and go, do you remember 1983, this voice? Hello. You know, I'm not going to do that kind of thing, I'm not that sort of person. I just do a straightforward interview. I don't ask difficult questions. I just try and have a nice chat with them. And the easier going they are, the better the chat is. They can talk about anything they want. I've had people before saying, oh, you know, you mustn't ask so-and-so about this and that. And the first thing they talk about is that. So we're there. Eight four eight five O. Oh, and thank you, Mary. Also, you can get in Kensington Palace for free as well. And you can go as many times as you want. You can go every single day for a year. It's so well worth it. So well worth it. Last week, says Maria, Graham Norton's guests were Jared Butler and Tom Cruise. This week, he's got Michael Bublé and Amanda Holden. Jonathan Ross had boxer Carl Froch. Is it Carl Froch? Frock. Who's he? I've never heard of him. He's a bo- Yeah, I know he's a boxer, you fool. Standard St Ives answer. This is a boxer. What does he do? He's a boxer. Of course, in, in, in St Ives, that would be, that you could start a comedy club on that line. You could absolutely, they'd be packing the rafters. Woo! Big ups and dives in Cambridgeshire. And um, he says, this week he's got the Kemp brothers. OK, so Mrs Holden isn't Hollywood. Uh, but I, at least I know which show I prefer. I agree, since Jonathan switched channels, the show has lost its sparkle. Graham is far more entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I mean the Kemp brothers are good. I like the Kemp brothers. But you're right, they should have done Graham Norton. Because Graham can be a little bit saucy. In fact, he can be quite a little bit saucy. In fact, sometimes he can be so over the top. Uh, Rudolf Hess was in prison there when he flew to Britain during the war, says Paul. Thank you. Uh, Alan in Elton, we were explaining why the Crays were in the tower, and it's because they were on the run from the army. Such girls' blouses, they couldn't even survive something like that, so they had to rule. Actually, strangely enough, I wish that they they hadn't pulled down their house, because that would be quite a good museum. If they'd left it... You know, as time stood still, you could have kept the house, but at the end of their their road, they, they pulled them all down. They all went, oh, I can't bear Mark Thatcher. I'm ever so sorry. <laughs> I've just looked at him pitching up on the... T- out of all the people who pitches up there, he was the biggest waste of space, I'm afraid. He really was. I never liked him. Carol was far more pleasant. Uh, 84850, Karen says, do you like um, Jaffa cakes? I can't eat things. I'm a diabetic. What are you, mad or something? <laughs> Johnny says, I picked Ruby Wax up many years ago. Hmm. Ian in Harlow says, I'd like to pay tribute to the pioneer of IVF who died yesterday. Without him, my wife and I uh, wouldn't have two great kids. See, there's somebody to be proud of. You know, there's something something nice 
to talk about. I know it doesn't always work, does it? But we all do our best. Another slaughterhouse has closed. The Red Line Abattoir, says Jackie, shut down today. This is following Hillside's recent exposure of cruelty to horses and serious slaughterhouse breaches, which the FSA are investigating, along with passport irregularities. Uh, although the uh, Food Standard Agency are claiming the slaughterhouse has been closed due to infrastructure problems. I get quite worried about hor- uh, horses being slaughtered. I know it seems awful. I don't, who could ever, in their right mind, work in, a, in an abattoir? You know, given the choice, you know, stacking shelves at Morrison's, putting Jaffa cakes on there, or, you know, sorting out sort of nut crumbles or something, whatever a nut crumble is, I've got no idea, or working in an abattoir. I mean, I'd, I'd be stacking shelves with nut crumble. I wouldn't want to work in an abattoir. It just looks awful. You know, these poor animals. I mean, I'm, I eat meat. And I still wouldn't, I still couldn't kill anything. It's all right if it's done automatically, but the some of these people do it, you know, oof, just dreadful, just dreadful, dreadful. Like all sorts of, it's like when, when Duncan Barks was talking about his friend in Oxford who's a mortician. I don't think I've got any friends who are morticians. I mean, that is like the oddest job ever. That's somebody who makes somebody up, isn't it, a mortician? So they sort of, they dress the person ready for the afterlife. What do you think Margaret Thatcher would be wearing? It'll be blue, it'll be that blue suit. I've just got the blue suit with the hair. They're not going to get it inside a coffin, are they, that hair? It'll have to travel in its own box, I should imagine. But definitely the blue suit, I would think. I would think. I don't know who's actually organising the uh, the funeral at all. No idea. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, says, dear ladies, if you don't look like a Victoria's Secret model, don't expect us men to look like Calvin Klein models. I expect you look like a Calvin Klein model, Steve. Of course I do. Actually, I'm more... I'm more Hollister, I think. I'm more Hollister. In fact, we have a producer here at LBC who used to model for that shop where they stand outside with their shirts off. We have a... No, it's not you, sadly. Not in St Ives. They wouldn't have that kind of thing, would they? But we do have a producer here who used to stand out... What is that shop where they stand outside with their clothes off? Is it... It's, yeah, it's, I think it's Hollister's, but they have male models who stand outside with their shirt. There was a really bad one in Kingston a short while ago who, was, who had a fake tan on, but he hadn't, he hadn't done it properly. It just looked ridiculous. Because <laughs> there's one thing, you know, if, if we haven't had any sunshine, and we haven't, you're all going to look very pale. But if the weather goes according to plan for Sunday, it means that we're going to have not a heat wave, but certainly going to have a nice little bit of weather. Nice little bit of weather, which I'm very much looking forward to. It's quarter to six. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, the news headlines with Dan Whitehead. LBC 97.3. Call 08456060973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. It's 12 minutes to six. My impressions get better by the day. Uh, we have our uh, our gadget giveaway for today, because yesterday it was James Mercer's time to have his name written in the annals of history. And uh, as far as the gadget giveaway was concerned, he did very well. He comes from Shepherd's Bush, so he starts with a handicap. But things turned out OK. No, no, seriously, I've got nothing against Shepherd's Bush. But a nuclear bomb wouldn't sort out quite quickly. No, I like the Westfield Shopping Centre. It used to be brick kilns years ago. That's what they used to make at Shepherd's Bush. The whole of the green in the middle, at the moment, it looks a bit like the Somme. Half, part of it's been done, but part of it I kind of haven't bothered with. And, um, and it was all brick kilns. They made bricks at Shepherd's Bush. Now, they just throw them. Anyway, he knew that Disney's Thumper was a rabbit, and it got him the fabulous iPad Mini. So, well done, James. Congratulations. Today... I am offering you, ladies and gentlemen, the Samsung Galaxy S3 Mini Smartphone. 
all the features you expect from an Android phone. It's very nice. You've probably been online and had a quick look at it and thought, I think I could go for that one. That's a good one. You could get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning. However, you need to know the answer to a simple question. So one lucky listener will win the Samsung Galaxy S3 mini smartphone today by answering this question. It's Disney all this week. So in Disney films, what kind of animal is Baloo? Baloo is a... You text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer. What kind of animal is Baloo? Baloo is a... And you type that answer in. And then you send that to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. The text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged, because it's an automatic cut-off. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck, everybody, because it's, it's a nice prize to have, actually. Uh, little Julie is going to sign up for Historic Royal Palaces. I've been thinking about it for a while, and you've made up my mind. I mean, I promise you, you know, to cite the, the project... Bless his heart, I'm going to tell you this now. I mean, he's not going to be pleased. He said to me, he said, does, does the card... Uh, no, it's no good pushing the button. I can push the button on this one, because I'll just repeat it throughout the whole programme. He said, does it, does it include the Natural History Museum? And I said, the clue is in historic royal palaces. And, you know, a little smile, it could have been wind, played across his face. And I was thinking to myself, do you know, I don't know where we get them from, but the sooner we send them back, the better I will be. He was happier, standing at Waterloo Station in his camouflage clothing, holding a, holding a workbench. You know, and a drill in the other round, and he can mix up plaster. But, uh, no, it does not include the museums. My, ad- my advice would be, if, th- if you can have two cards, or three cards, have historic royal palaces, because it's such good value for all the palaces. And you can go every day. If you're one of these people who just wants to go and sit at Hampton Court Palace, you know, in the nice gardens and wander around the apartments, get it. Because you can spend ages there, and you can pretend. You can walk down corridors and imagine that Henry VIII, because he did walk down those very same corridors. It's worth seeing for the tapestries, which are still hanging there, and they project onto them the colours that they would have been in. It's worth, it's worth the admission for that. It's worth going, because in a lot of these places, they've got private rooms for the members. And at Hampton Court Palace, it's one of the apartments. It's in the Tudor courtyard. And you go in there, you key in the door. It's very difficult to do the door key number, I promise you. And uh, you go in there, and you can make yourself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee for about... 10p or 20p and you can sit there and you can luxuriate take a book you sit there all day they go and sit in the gardens it's it's i mean i cannot tell you to absorb london's history it's worth it you could do the same at the tower of london you can go there they invite you to all their special events some of which take place later if you're very lucky you could go to the the uh, the key ceremony you could go to all sorts of things take a boat down the river look at the tower of london then go inside they'll show you traitor's gate They'll show you all sorts of things. You go inside the White Tower and marvel at the crown jewels. I think I'm doing quite a good job selling it. Go to Kew Palace. It's all been done up. Prince Charles, I think, opened it a short while ago. That's, that's well, well worth going to. And uh, the Banqueting House, where Charles I stepped out the window and was executed, and that beautiful ceiling. Used to be a museum. They used to have all sorts of cases in there. So, I mean, just well worth going to. And if you're going to do museums, the V&A, because it's got so much stuff... So much stuff, and they've got a nice place for members, never packed. It's in the glass department, and you go through a door, and you've got your own little coffee lounge, and you can get a sandwich there, and they've got cake and tea and coffee. It's lovely. You just sit down, and if necessary, you can go to sleep, take your, your keyboard in. You can do all sorts of things. It's lovely. And the Natural History Museum's very good, but it's not included in the Royal Palaces thing. Uh, or the British Museum. 
Oh, the other good thing about the V&A is all the exhibitions, like the Bowie one, you don't... You just walk in with your card. You just show them your card and you're in. You don't need to do anything at all. And you get a discount in the shops and everything, as you do with historic royal palaces. You get the discount of 10% in the canteens then. It's really good food. It's not the shoddy food it was years ago. So that would be my advice. If you were looking for something to do, then, you know, go visit these. Because you don't. If you live and work in London, as I know... You don't tend to go. St Ives in Cornwall. Yes, there is a St Ives in Cornwall. This is the one in Cambridge. OK, big up Cambridge. Woo, woo, woo. The people in Cambridge going, is is mentioned us on the radio. A little bit slow like that. And uh, well, it's, it's not northern, but there's, there's quite a lot of influences of northern people in there, I should imagine. There's a lot of... Um, is it sort of pretty, pretty, or is the crime rate as high as I think it is? It's pretty, is it? Is it? It's a pretty little village. That's lovely. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, there's one here, a group of uh, disabled trainee chefs. Why do they make such a big deal about this now? Small wonder we're living in the dark ages. These are some people on Food Glorious Food. And uh, they're here. And um, they've, they've, they've got a unique jelly recipe. Do you know I love jelly? Jelly and stewed rhubarb. Well, not necessarily together, but because jelly sends me... I haven't had jelly for ages, and I don't want the diabetic jelly because it tastes rubbish. But these stewed rhubarb, oh, dear me, that is so good. By the way, you can't get coxes at the moment. They're on the way out, the apples. Uh, That's at the end of their season. Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, I look like the sort of model you see in a magazine. (laughs) That's Steve. The picture with the word before written underneath it. (laughs) I like that. Johnny says, uh, St Ives in Cornwall. My granny was from there. Never been. Is it worthwhile? I don't know. It's a long way away. No, this is the St Ives in Cambridgeshire. And uh, we went there. Is it, so do they have yellow ice cream in Cornwall? That's what we were sold on. When we were kids, my mum and dad said, we're going on a caravanning holiday. Yes, we had a caravan. Everybody did. We couldn't afford to go abroad, so we had a caravan. A little Sprite musketeer. And uh, it was lovely. You know, it was, uh, you know, we didn't we didn't think. Uh, I mean, admittedly, Mum used to do pegs and Lucky Heather, but I mean that that was a byproduct. And so we'd go down there, and uh, it was great fun. We just love our caravanning holidays. But we got lured to Cornwall. My mum and dad saying they've got yellow ice cream, and that was the big selling point. Yellow ice cream. Have you heard of such a thing? Yellow ice cream. It's like yellow snow, isn't it? You don't really want to touch that. But uh, yellow ice cream, it was lovely. And we got down there, and we were always on caravan sites. People hated caravans, though. Hated uh, caravan sites, uh, caravans on the road, because they were slow going uphill. Natural History Museum used to be free. It is free. They're all free. They ask you to make a donation. It's free, the V&A. But all their exhibitions pay, and they have so many during the year, it's worth it. And also for the dining room, a 10% discount, it's well worth it. So uh, so that's why. Steve, the crown jewels are not in the White Tower. I didn't say they're in the White Tower. I said you can go to the White Tower and then you can go and see the crown jewels, which are in the jewel house. Can't pick me up on anything on this programme. I am all perfect. I am all singing, all dancing. I know everything. I mean, there, there is nothing I do not know. And I never get anything wrong. Ever, ever, ever. I mean, it's, all, it's almost uncanny. A lot of people correct me saying St Ives is in Cornwall. No, no, there's one in Cambridgeshire. This is where this man came from. It's a pretty little place. And uh, his, his wallet came back after 35 years. Bit of an achievement, isn't it? Uh, we need to go to Hampton Court again, says Noreen. Last time we got a boat from Westminster and the train back. I also think it was my first school trip. 50... F- oh, good grief. Saying, I can't be, I'm only 41. Uh, in our day, school trips were to Hampton Court, Cuffley Camp. My friend's daughter is going with a school to America next year. She says, can you thank your producer? Noreen says, thank you. The podcast is up so early. 
I do hope poor Giles isn't too upset. His record has gone. I know. I think that was Cat. She's fairly quick, isn't she? Sam's a little bit slower. He's sort of... He's, he's from St Ives in Cambridgeshire, so, you know. It'll be up by nine, won't it, this morning? He's, he's, he's quite good like that. Well, at least it's up, you know. <laughs> Sometimes it's not up at all. Uh, the most irritating haircut on television. Who is it? It's Claudia Winkleman with the old-fashioned, you know, fringe kind of thing. It's a bit bit dated. So what they've done is they've taken all the celebrities and they've and they've given them all the same heavy... Fr- She's probably had the same hairstyle for years and years. It's the fact she looks completely different uh, without makeup. Quentin, let's talking about Fagash Glenda, potty to the power of ten and sexist too. I mean, she's a bit of a dinosaur, isn't she, really? I mean, nobody really worries about what Glenda Jackson says nowadays. And uh, the, the empty seats. It's interesting because, you know, there is a few empty seats. You know, but it doesn't. nobody really cares. That's great. Uh, revealed for the first time, knifed by weak, bitter men. This is uh, Thatcher. I say here the true extent of the vicious treachery and the hypocrisy. This is by Robin Harris. Maggie, by the man who knew her secrets. Uh, also, Vanishing Major, and uh, this is uh, Thatcher and John... Every time I see John Major, all I keep thinking of is Edwina Curry. I don't think of anything else. I just think, John Major, Edwina Curry. Uh, Mark Thatcher, as I say, he's a bit Prince Andrew for me. He's Marmite. You either love him, I don't think anybody cares about him really, or you loathe him, and I think most people absolutely loathe him. You know, I think he's, he's Prince Andrew. I think he's he's quite... I don't know, just don't like Mark Thatcher. I don't know why. Probably perfectly pleasant in his own little way, but something about him you just don't like. But there are going to be military honours from Parliament to St Paul's. So she will be going from St Mary Undercroft in the Palace of Westminster to St Clement Danes. This is on Wednesday. The full coverage of the funeral will be on LBC 97.3. There will also be the, the Bearer Party, which is going to be ten troops... They can use ten troops. The Royal Navy, the Marines, Royal Artillery, Royal Engineers, the Scots Guard, the Welsh Guards, the Royal Gurkha Rifles, the Parachute Regiment and the RAF units chosen for links to the Falklands campaign. There'll be three bands on the route and the coffin will be met at St Paul's by the 1st Battalion, the Welsh Guards and the Welsh Guards bands. And also the, uh, the Chelsea Pensioners will be there as well. It's going to be quite a day and you'll hear it on LBC 97.3 next Wednesday. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. He's so not. Anyway, nice to be company. Five past uh, six. Thursday morning in London town. We have our gadget giveaway. Just going back briefly to uh, to Margaret Thatcher. The, uh, the procession is in... The Mail today. A few other papers have covered it as well. And so there will be lots and lots of road closures next Wednesday. Lots and lots of road closures. Because it's going to go from the Palace of Westminster. Presumably, we're going to go all the way up Whitehall. And then we're going to do a right. And we're going to go... They're not going to go round Trafalgar Square, because you can't. So they'll be doing a right and then going down the Strand. So the Strand will all be closed off. So that's... That, that's what it's going to be. So it'll come up from Palace of Westminster. That will be closed all round Parliament Square. They'll probably close that probably an hour before the funeral. And then it'll go up Whitehall, turn right, down the Strand to the bottom, then go round the houses until you get to St Clement Danes. And that's where the car will then be 
changed for the gun carriage. So she'll be taken in the car, and then the gun carriage will be the last route, and that will then do... I think it's only about a 1,000 yards, just down Fleet Street, up a little bit of Ludgate Hill to St Paul's Cathedral. That'll be private. There will be world leaders there, I suspect. That's why the security will be tight as well. Apart from the fact they're going to make sure that nothing is going to disrupt it. That's why it's cost money because of uh, irresponsible papers who are trying to drum up something, and I'm quite sure there will be little pockets of something happening, just to sort of, you know, nothing to do with Margaret Thatcher, it'll just be people who want to loot for some peculiar reason. Uh, The Queen and Prince Philip will be attending. Obama and his wife Michelle are expected to be invited. Uh, Nancy Reagan's not coming over. She's 91, but she's sending a representative from the Reagan Presidential Foundation. She's heartbroken. Uh, because I think they actually got on really well. I think it must be very difficult if you're a world leader to actually get on with people, but I think they did. But she's not able to make that uh, sort of trip. I think uh, F.W. de Klerk from South Africa will attend as well, uh, plus ten members of staff from the Ritz will be there, uh, and her carers as well, uh, plus her police protection officers. Uh, the government, David Cameron, everybody else will be invited, and Councillor Kellum Cook of the Grantham and Stamford Conservative Association and 20 of their members will be down as well. The, uh, the children will be there, uh, Mark and Carol. Both Mark's present and ex-wife are expected to be at the service. They say Mark, who spent 25 years living and working abroad, thank goodness for that, uh, will be there. And his first wife, Diane, who lives in Dallas, is expected to travel to London, accompanied by the couple's two children, Michael and Amanda which is Lady Thatcher's only grandchildren. Carol will be accompanied by her Swiss ski instructor, Marco Grass, her on-off partner, who shared an apartment with her in Cloisters for the past 20 years. And the military will be represented. But there will be, um, you know, the final bill, they say, could approach £10 million, which pales into insignificance when you think the £75 billion she got back from the European Union. And they say that Lady Thatcher's family is meeting an unspecified amount of the expenses thought to cover the transport, the flowers and the cremation, with the government funding the rest, including security. So, in fact, the, the, the family have paid. It's strange that the Mirror didn't mention the fact that the family would be paying. Of course, they would do. But then the government would be expected to pick up other things. It's like the government pick up the tabs for lots of, of ex-people. Uh, barbs from the High Priest of Bile. Uh, critics and former opponents. Uh, Giles Fraser. Former candidate St Paul's Cathedral said Thatcher divided the world into friends and enemies. St Paul's Cathedral was designed as a place of national togetherness. That's why the funeral of Margaret Thatcher is so problematic, especially at St Paul's. Four few figures could have had such a divisive effect on society. There was no middle ground. She was either loved or hated. Bob Crow, nationally known mind workers, Annie Lennox, Ronnie Campbell, John Healy, Tony Larkin. And uh, the councils with no respect. But nobody can, that's up to them. If a Labour council don't want to lower its flag, that's up to them, isn't it? Don't really worry about it. It's just when you, as I say, the sight of poor old Johnny Rotten, some ageing old Lothario, you know, Lothario out there, sort of, you know, just being disrespectful. Nobody cares about him. He's an old has-been. You know, he, he, he never commanded anything at all. He just thought he was being a little bit of an anarchist. But he wasn't really, actually. And that's why it was so funny. When you, hear, when you hear him doing it, and he's 57 now, you kind of think to yourself, you kind of lost the plot, haven't you, some years ago. Ever since you did the, the, the butter advert, you kind of went off. I've stopped buying the butter immediately, I'm sorry. I won't subscribe to things like that at all. Headline forecast for today, for the weather. This is what you can expect for Thursday. Dull and damp, drizzly rain, but it's Britain. Come on, that's what you expect. Don't be surprised. Brightening up throughout the day. Sunny spells in the afternoon. A few heavy and thundery showers, possibly in the west. The high 12 centigrade, currently 7. 
Tonight, the showers will die out, leaving some clear spells. Cloud moving in overnight. Outbreaks of rain spreading east. Oh, God. What's tomorrow? Rather cloudy. Outbreaks of heavy rain. Brighter afternoon. Sunny spells, but a scattering of heavily... Heavy and local thundery showers. And Saturday, clouding over, freshening breeze and a spell of rain. And Sunday, this is the only day you can look forward to, it's warm with sunny spells. I can do warm. I don't do heat, as you know. I'm not uh, particularly good at functioning in the heat. My thyroid, unfortunately. Look at me, me, I sound like some old-age pensioner sitting in a bus stop. My thyroid's playing up in this weather. I can't believe it. And my arthritis. Oh, dear, I had a lumbago. I'm surprised I made it through the morning. They'll have to get me out of bed in a winch very shortly. Uh, and don't forget, in the gadget giveaway for today, you've got 20 minutes left, ladies and gentlemen, because James Mercer, look at you, James, honestly, we've made you a star today on LBC 97.3. He comes from Shepherd's Bush. All right, don't laugh. Somebody's got to. He identified that Disney's thumper is a rabbit. He got the iPad mini. Today, in the gadget giveaway, it's the Samsung Galaxy S3 mini smartphone. It's uh, all the features. It's very nice. It's very, very nice. It's an Android phone, and somebody will get their hands on it at 6.30 this morning. So, you need to know the answer to this question. Think carefully. In Disney films, what kind of animal is Baloo? Baloo is a... Baloo is a... Thank you. To enter, text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. It really is nice, actually. I looked at one only the other week. It's like, my God, Kate Bush has ballooned. And uh, so I'm just looking at pictures. Uh, Somebody's asked in the paper today, an acerbic view by John Roseman, who's an agent, he says, how can a bimbo like Holly Willoughby be worth £10 million? Quite easily, I think, because she kind of fits... They say she's she's a lightweight presenter. She is lightweight. She is lightweight, but she's got lots of blonde hair. She's sort of quite quite busty, and she smiles. That's all you want. You know, you, you, you look at... I said yesterday, you look at poor old Victoria Beckham, she looks as miserable as sin. You know, really, really unhappy. You know, can you smile? Oh, I think she's worried she's going to show a wrinkle or something like that. Holly Willoughby smiles. She seems to enjoy her life. Unfortunately, she's, uh, she's got a rather filthy sense of humour. That's why she appears on Celebrity Juice with uh, Keith Lemon, who's playing a part of somebody else or something. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, it's the same person. There's, there's no acting involved whatsoever. As in his film Justified. That's the one that sunk without trace, didn't it? And she's just pleasant. She's pleasant. She gets on with it. She never complains about anything. I'd like to see a bit more charity stuff from her. That's what I'd like to see. You know, if she's worth £10 million, though, she's worked at it. That's good, isn't it? I bet there's other people in the business kicking themselves. But you won't find her shirking. I mean, she's on the television practically all the time. If she's worth £10 million, though, makes you wonder what somebody like um, Pip Schofield is worth. You know, and other people who appear on television quite a lot. I should imagine he's worth a bit, isn't he? Anyway, here's uh, Kate Bush. She's got her CBE. Generally reclusive. And now, of course, you give her a CBE and out she comes. She's had, I think, ten albums in 40 years. I know she's got... Um, it's very interesting because she made this rare public appearance and she's, she's trying to add a bit of mystique. So wait for this. This is what her demand was. Uh, she insisted that she would not pose for photographs and left the castle by a different entrance to the rest of the recipients so she could avoid journalists. She did, however, agree to official pictures being released of her receiving the award. God, honestly. Talk about pretentious. You've been given a CBE. At least be gracious enough. You know, I don't want to do it. 
Why? Is it because you're fat? What is it? You know, you can't just, you know, accept a CBE, because quite clearly you're up there with all the egos. So, you know, that's just being a bit stupid, isn't it? I don't want my picture taken. But you can have an official picture of me with the Queen. And actually, the Queen's on the same level as her, but the Queen's on a dais. I wonder what they spoke about. Ooh, babushka, 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 yeah. Or something like that. Go running up the hill. That's about it. Ten out. I can only name you about three songs. It's awful, isn't it? After after ten albums in forty years, not exactly prolific. Fourteen past six. Oh, there you are again. Uh, Nineteen minutes past six. Don't forget Nick Ferrari this morning. After news at seven. Police are preparing to mount this huge security operation for Baroness Thatcher's funeral. Nick will be asking. Should they be extra tough on anybody causing trouble? Plus, stay tuned, it's another lively edition, and it will be today, of Call Clegg, as Nick will be asking the Deputy Prime Minister his thoughts on London having a statue of the Iron Lady. Looking at the papers today, Daisy McAndrew, political journalist and broadcaster, will be live in the studio going through. You've got uh, ten minutes left to get your entries in for the great gadget giveaway. I don't want to push you on this one, but I'd, I'd like you to sort of just make sure... You need to get the entries in before 6.30, because if you do it after 6.30, the machine uh, has an automatic cut-off, and your watch or clock might not be saying the same time as us. So now I've got exactly 6.20, you might have something different. So in which case, you might send it, thinking, oh, it's going to go through, and you might miss out on it. Uh, because today, your chance to get your hands on the Samsung Galaxy S3 Mini smartphone. It's an Android phone. You've probably checked it out on the internet. It looks really nice, actually. It's a nice size screen and everything. Full colour and sings and dances and make your cup of tea and tell you it loves you as well, I should imagine. Your chance to get your hand on it at 6.30 today, if you can tell me the answer to this question, because we're running a Disney theme, and the Disney question today, what kind of animal is Baloo? Baloo is a... Thank you. You text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer. Baloo is a... You type in the answer, and you send it to 84850 before 6.30. You've got nine minutes on my clock. I'm hoping roughly the same on yours. Make sure you get it in in plenty of time. Text costs pound fifty, ladies and gentlemen, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time of 6.30, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. The book I was mentioning earlier is The Reader's Digest, The Most Amazing Royal Places in Britain. If you, if you absorb... History, and I've, I've tended to find, as I've got a little bit older, I'm more fascinated about the capital and, and about the history and about all the excitement. That's why I'd always recommend, if you're going to go on a tour, make sure it's a blue badge guide. Make sure it's an official blue badge guide, because they know all the stuff about the places. Diane Burstein is very good. She's got a um, tour that's called Secret London, which she used to do on LBC for years. For years and years, and every week we would do another walk around, be it Jack the Ripper, Jewish London, Jewish East End, you know, some really good stuff, and I think she does stuff up the, up the Shard as well. But the, the happy story today is of Tink. Tink, not, not I Tink, it's Tink is a hamster. You know, I, I didn't mean anything, does it? Anymore. Anyway, uh, so, you know, people, hamsters don't live very long. I don't want to say this for young people listening, because they don't, they don't have an extremely long... I mean, we had one. It seemed to go for a few years, actually. But um, uh, th- 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 this one in the paper today is Tink. It was owned by James Davis and his girlfriend, Lisa Kilborn-Smith. They were taking care of him. It turned out to be not their hamster, Tink. It was their neighbours. They were devastated when they came home to find her apparently lifeless in her cage. Because what hamsters do is they... They sort of sit in their cage, and at night time, they go on their little wheels, 
and they eat sunflower seeds, and they're, and they're lovely, and they're very cute, but you've got to handle them, because otherwise they can give you a rather nasty bite, hamsters. So if you handle them from an early age, then they're, they're great. Anyway, they wrapped the two-and-a-half-year-old animal in kitchen roll, dug a one-foot-deep grave in the back garden, and laid it a rest. Mr Davis then made the awkward phone call to Tink's owners, Jamie Wynne and Nicky Gamble, to break the sad news. Next day, he had to call them back again after finding that Tink was, in fact, alive. Tink had eaten away out of her paper shroud, dug herself out of the grave, and made a home for herself in some cardboard boxes put out for recycling. <sighs> I think the same could happen on Wednesday. No, anyway, so, I mean, uh, just thinking out of the box. Uh, when Miss Kilbourne-Smith's father, Len, had gone out to flatten the boxes, he was startled to see Tink's head pop out. Yesterday, a vet put the hamster's remarkable adventure down to the fact that she'd probably been in hibernation when she was buried... Poor little soul, honestly. I'd encourage you to go out and buy, buy a hamster later on. Kids love hamsters, don't they? Kids, you know, there's something very, very nice, you know, about hamsters. They're just sort of fairly pleasing. I, th- I think they're sort of fairly pleasing. I don't know. We liked ours. We actually inherited ours. We called into a garage. And, uh, and, and we inherited it. We had the caravan with us, and they said, would you like our hamster? So we ended up taking it away. It came in a Wall's ice cream tin. And it lived with us for years. And then finally it sort of, it gave up the ghost, poor soul. Thousands, thousands, and here's your story to, again, put a smile on your face. Um, Because thousands of Roman artefacts have been unearthed from the Pompeii of the North, the site of a new office block between two busy London tube stations. 10,000 artefacts, a comb, uh, an amber amulet in the shape of a gladiator's helmet, a ceramic oil lamp, Complete shoe made from a single piece of leather, a ceramic beaker, lead or tin plaque of a, of a bull. I mean, they've got these things there. They've also found entire Roman streets. It's, it's the Rose Theatre all over again, only going back further. Timber buildings that have survived. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. The waterlogged conditions left by the Walbrook stream, have given us layer upon layer of Roman timber buildings, fences and yards, all beautifully preserved and containing amazing personal items. So far, they've removed three and a half thousand tonnes of earth. How fabulous. Just under our streets. You never know. As I've said before, when you go through London, you want to see its history, don't look down, look up. And that's where you'll see the original buildings. Well, how nice. Great feature on it today uh, in the Daily Mail. Uh, five minutes left to get your entries in for the competition. Kate Bush, says Tony at Westgate, her mother and father have lived most of their lives at Thanet. Uh, but we've never seen Kate. If she's a big girl then, that's why. It's a, she's, she's a recluse. Well, she's not really, because she takes her kids to school. So I don't know why she's doing this. I want to leave by another entrance. You think, oh, goodness sake, get over yourself. It was always a bit pretentious, but I mean, for goodness sake, people have bought the albums. The least she can do is offer them a photograph. Uh, weather forecast for Sunday. Sue says, will you be the first one to dig out their Hawaiian shirt? Do you know, you've just remarked, I will actually. I will. I shall dig out my Hawaiian shirt for Sunday. I wore one the other day. To a party, because it kind of covered everything. Uh, great show. Hampton Court is amazing. Have you visited Strawberry Hill? Yes. Ham House? Yes. Marble Hill? Yes. And Orleans House Gallery? Yes, I've done them all. I've done everything. I always do the local history. And I've done the Museum of Twickenham on numerous occasions. Um, Paul says, with the Royal Palaces card, you get invited to member events like cooking in the Tudor kitchens, ghost walks... Bill says, how do I get the Royal Pass? Go onto the internet, type in historic Royal Palaces. Or failing that, if you go to, say, historic... If you go to Hampton Court today or the Tower of London, say you want to join historic Royal Palaces, and they can probably do it there and then. 
which is easy. Hampton Court have got the daffodils, says Marion Croydon. We love daffodils, don't we? Absolutely love daffodils. They're there for such a short time. Such a short time. And uh, your renditioning, says Mags and Surrey, of Kate Bush's babushka made me laugh out loud. God knows what the neighbours think. Also reminds me that my teacher pinched my seven-inch record of babushka in the early 80s. I took it into dance class and she never returned it. I thought it was my least favourite of, uh, of the Kate Bush songs, I'm afraid. Uh, last time I went to the Tower of London was as a schoolboy many years ago, says John. And uh, for upper-class punishment, wasn't that bad, as you mentioned. At least it was swift. But I pity the ordinary folk executed at Tyburn. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Tyburn was... I mean, just type in executions in London. It, you've not no idea what will come up. Some really, really bizarre stuff. Apparently, St Ives in Cambridgeshire, former adopted home of Joe Bugner and Fens Tiger, Dave Boy Green. There you go. Two exciting things. I'm sure Sam will be absolutely thrilled. A couple of... Oh, we've got to take a break, actually, uh, because I have to go. I have to go and... Uh, will says, uh, next time, bring your watch to us. We'd have got it ready for you in a few days, and I bet we'd have been cheaper. Thank you, Will Salisbury. Thank you very much indeed for that. Next time, it's you, OK? I shall announce it, and then you say, bring it in to us, and I shall, I shall bring it in to you. I've got to go. I'll have a free podcast for you up very, very shortly this morning. Uh, in fact, by... Uh, so, I know, I'm just padding out at the end of the show. I'm just trying to you know, make it sound a bit exciting. Made it sound like I was throwing to Susan Bookbinder early. She nearly fell off the chair in shock, actually. Oh, my God, we're not ready yet. Not ready yet. Not ready, are you? But don't worry, I'll be coming to you in time. Better not, said he, with mighty dread. Anyway, so um, I'll be back with you tomorrow morning when it's Friday. Take an umbrella with you today. It's going to be wet and miserable. And call Clegg today. Should be possibly one of the liveliest programmes you've heard in ages. As I can't wait to hear what some of you are, are going to say to him. You can go onto the internet and you can, uh, if you go to the LBC website, you can get some questions in to him. And I'm just putting the lid on my little cup of water there, because I, I very kindly brought my bottle of water from home, but I threw it in my rubbish bin and threw it away. So I wonder, I got here, I wonder where that water vanished to, and the answer is I threw it away. That's age for you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great day, take an umbrella, we'll be back with you tomorrow morning. And don't forget, all the details of the funeral for next Wednesday will be on LBC. You can see them in the papers today, and we'll be doing full coverage on 97.3. One minute to get your entries in for the competition. Don't miss it. Nick and the team with you at seven. Next, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder.